<clears throat> this is so serious. This episode is brought to you by me because I wrote a freaking book. Man, yes I did. We are doing this commercial, the first of the show this time. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Listeners of the show already know you can pick up a copy of my new book at the website www.jcoleyoga by scrolling down to the book section and clicking on through to the links provided for either an ebook or a physical copy. Probably this book is on Amazon too. You should probably check that out. This book is a meditation guide for the everyday person, for the blue collar workers, the contractors, the laborers, shit. I'd even say hospital workers, nurses, porters, professions like that could all benefit from what I have laid out in this book. That's it for the commercials for this season, everyone. Now, play that song. Hey yo, welcome to Beyond the Mat, where it's all about the things and stuff. It's like this and like that, sitting in a lotus seat. We breathe deep from our heads to our feet till we feel inner heat. A little bit of rhythm for your soul. Stretching out your minds from your head to your toes. We in our flow state, we don't know no hate. We end up feeling great though, so we correlate. Coil snake gonna rise sunshine. We take our time to appreciate divine grace. It takes place in a pace in the inner states. From a country road down to the interstate We contemplate this, we here to make this We here to break this, but we never fake this We never hate kids, we in the love vibe Me and my whole tribe, we gonna try to be fly with the sunshine Hello, all you beautiful people Welcome to the show, the show of all shows The show to end all shows <laughs> What does that mean? Well, it means it's all over, people. You've made it to the end. The end of the beyond. Yes, there is a finite amount of what I call beyondidity. And this is it. You have reached the outer limits. And thank the goddesses and gods for my friend Marty. He's come to save the day. Yes, he did. He definitely did. With a whopping two and a half hour podcast, man. What better way to say goodbye than with my favorite recurring guest, comedian Martin Sornier. We went all over the landscape today, people. And right away, too, fresh out of the gates. Didn't even have time to welcome him to the show. Just kind of jumped right in. Uh, we had a Skype issue. And this is kind of what the show's about. We had the Skype issue. And they don't want to lose their desk jobs, so they create issues on purpose. We talk about planned obsolescence, wrestling, getting the strap in school or a yardstick across your knuckles, bubble wrapping society, people who do self-harm, doing dumb shit as kids, telling lies as kids. Of course, we talk about comedy, character acting, how I'm pee-shy and how to get over it, being present and mindful, living in shitty places, and so much, much more, all in today's final goodbye episode of Beyond the Mat. Okay, everyone, make some noise for my good friend, Marty. Shit, start recording. I'll vent about this. Okay. okay. Later. What's yeah. up? No, I'm yeah. recording right now. Okay. Welcome right, to the show, so, Marty. Uh, yeah. Beyond so the we're, mat. We're, what, we're what bitching the about Skype. Oh, Skype, we're man. About, we're bitching about technology because they keep updating it. And yeah. every time they update it, there's something that doesn't work right. And here's why. 
this is why they're doing this. Like you're saying, oh, at Microsoft, they're too big. They don't know. They know exactly what they are doing at Microsoft. And I'll tell you, you what so? they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is why. The person running, like the, the, the IT people running Skype. Yeah. If, it, if it's running properly. Yeah. They might lose their jobs. So they're making sure that they're guaranteeing your desk stays open. Because, oh, well, we need to keep working on this. We need to keep fixing this. It's yeah. a, it's like a garage. Yeah, if it's, it's perfect, if, all, if it's perfect, then they're out of a job, man. That's just that's, yeah, that's exactly. every that, oh, it's like that planned obsolescence where everything is designed to break down yeah. to make it an industry. Fuck, man, yeah. I remember. Okay, I was watching, you know, the show Shark Tank, <laughs> which yeah. I'm sure a lot of people know what that is, uh, or Dragons Den, if, if, whichever one, one of those fucking stupid things. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm watching it and the guy had a product and it was such a cool product that he had found ways that was like improving a different product that's already out in the market or whatever. And the guy was like, he's like, man, he goes, I don't see how this is a good business model. He goes, it's never going to break down. You need to add some more moving parts to it unnecessarily add these parts so that we can have an aftermarket and so things can break down and then we can have like a support team to help people fix it. So it's kind of like, you know, they, they do this on purpose. So yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause like a- Apple. Okay. The first time I bought a MacBook, yeah, I bought it because, Oh, they're basically, they don't break down. They, <laughs> they maintain your speed and everything. So I bought it because of that. Yeah. But here's what happens. Uh, I bought it in 2009, 2012, was the last update on it. And after that, it says, oh, like your your chip That's is it. not strong enough for the next updates. And then it just keeps sending updates and now, and then stuff stopped working. Like <laughs> you can't use Dropbox anymore. You can't use, like every time you go on just, uh, uh, what is it, Safari? Yep. Like a lot of websites, like it will not uh, can't even open load the website. Can't even load yeah, a website. Oh. Yeah, it won't load a website because you don't have the latest update. So you need to do the latest update and it says, oh, you don't have the chip for it. So you need to buy a new one of these machines. The battery life was still long. Uh, everything was still working great on it. iPhones, same thing. They don't, they, they hardly break down. Mm-hmm. They, they hardly break down. What breaks them down is the new iOS slows them down and up to a point whereas like oh your chip is not compatible with the new ios <laughs> and then like and like let's say hypothetically the tsn app which worked fine by the way when you worked that when you bought that phone first now it stops working because it wants you to buy the new phone like they make it so it's true the phone doesn't break down and they, they make updates and the updates doesn't do anything new it works the same Mm-hmm. It works exactly the same. Computers, uh, smartphones aren't doing that much more in the past ten years. No, except man. for except for uh, after two years, you need a new one. That's the only that's the only thing you can say. Yeah, the camera's slightly uh, better. It goes slightly faster. But is there really that big of a change since? Not not really, man. Not really. No. I mean, the graphics are a little bit smoother. The, like you said, things are just a little bit quicker. But you know what? That response time has slowed down. So I have an I have an LG, one of these LG uh, G4. It's like four years old now, man. 
and it's starting now to break down. Like I'm at the point where, so I won't update my apps anymore. And now YouTube is telling me like, if you don't update your app, you can't use YouTube anymore. You're going to have to go to the website YouTube, which is shitty to use the, the website version. The app works so much better. It's integrated with everything. Yeah. And so now I have to upgrade my YouTube app. Well, now the YouTube app is like twice the size. So it's taking up all my hard drive space for no damn reason. And all the apps are doing that. I have 50 outstanding upgrades right now. And I'm just like, oh, what do I even do? Like, and, and it gets to a point where it's like, you can't continue. So like when the Google app itself needs to be updated, like the, the whole, the whole system, uh, it just stops working. Things get glitchy, things get weird. And I'm like, oh, okay. I have to update the app and then I'll go in and update it. And then it's like, well, Hey, you're running out of hard drive space. I'm like, okay, I have a 64 gigabyte extra SD card in there. I'm like, I'll just put it on my SD card. No, they won't allow that. It has to go on the system's own internal hard drive. So it's like programmed. It's designed this way on purpose. Yeah. For me to have my phone break down after two years, luckily what happened was, uh, not luckily, but this phone broke. I mailed it back to LG and they just sent me a new one. So after about it being two years old, I'd gotten it replaced with a brand new one, which thank goodness has lasted me an extra two years. So I'm getting an extra two years out of this phone. And I, they're up to like the G7 or the G8 now, and I'm on a G4. And I mean, it does 4K video. It does everything I need. It has amazing microphone. The, the, everything, the quality is, is amazing. The screen is massive. I love having a huge screen. I watch movies and videos all the time. Uh, so yeah, it's really cool that way. Uh, but yeah, shit, man. What we were just dealing with with Skype was that what I found over the last uh, couple months of doing podcasts is that I have to plug in my audio. So I have the audio running through a four channel mixer in like a little recording studio. And I'm talking through the microphone and the microphone in my studio goes into the four channel mixer. So we're both going into these tracks on my screen right now. And uh, so what I have to do is I have to plug it in this aux cord basically into my mobile device, turn on Skype and then close Skype and then turn it back on again. And then it will recognize that I have headphones plugged in. But like today I plugged it in and I called you right away and then it won't make the connection. It can't figure it out. Like, Oh dude has an aux cord plugged in. Maybe he's using the aux instead of the out out speaker. And then it just disables everything. And then the call won't go through. It, It really screws things up. Such a waste of time. Yeah, like I have a, a podcast as well, and I use my uh, old Mac uh, that I can't go on the internet with anymore. It won't update. I actually still use it for because uh, GarageBand still works fine. Ooh. And the reason for that is because if you take a newer Mac uh, with that Tascam, it won't let you, like with the newer uh, operating systems of Mac, yeah. It won't let you use the Tascam, which is fine, by the way. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a sound card that has 16 channels. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, like, uh, eight of them you can use uh, XLR, and it, it's it's great. Like, if you want to do, like, a band recording or a podcast recording, you can put as many mics as you want, and then you can actually uh, do some editing on each track afterwards. Yeah. It's, it's great for that. The sound card works great. 
uh, GarageBand still works great on my old Mac, but if you use it on a newer Mac, yeah, it will say it, it won't use it. It's like Apple will not let you use non-Apple stuff or older Apple stuff. So let's say you get a new Mac. Well, you also need a new phone. You need a new this, a new that. Yeah. You need to buy all this new stuff that does the exact same job as it did when you bought it five years ago. Yeah, Exact same. Ugh. Exact same job. Man, man, it's so weird that the world is designed this way. And yeah, it pisses me off. I can tell that it, it pisses you off. We're jumping into this podcast with pissed off, angry energy at technology. Here's why, <laughs> here's why I'm, I'm for electric cars, but that's what freaks me out about electric cars. Is because I know they'll make them so great. Mm-hmm. And then they'll do that like, oh, you, you need an update on your software thing on your car. Oh, and before, like before no car. time, you're going to be like trying to start your car in the morning and they'll be like, oh, you don't have the new update. You can't go anywhere until you get the update. And then you'll try and get the update and it'll say, sorry, your chipset oh, yeah. is out of date. You need to have a new chipset. And how do you get a new one? You get a new car. Every two years. Yeah. yeah, I need to have it towed to the garage or it's going to give you like just enough energy to, like to drive to the dealership. Oh, probably not even. It, it probably won't even start, man. It'll just, yeah. it'll just fucking hey, sit there. You're like, oh, great. It won't even start. You can do your tire changes as much as you want, take care of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not driving in salt. No. Uh, you can do like every, you could, everything. You could park it and, in a garage for two years and then try and start it and it just won't start. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one. Yeah, you won't be able to keep the classic cars like you do now. No, no. You know, like well, you can, you can, I don't think we're gonna can, like, have restore a 1952 like that way. You, you won't be able to restore it at all. There's not gonna be. You're... There's not gonna be ownership. You're gonna rent everything. You're gonna lease, like which kind of makes you feel like you own it. And I mean, you're gonna sit in. Uh, some kind of new neoprene upholstery that doesn't get dirty and it doesn't get spills or stains or anything. And you're going to kind of like rent these, these cars and then you're going to give it back after the the lease is up and you're going to get a new one. So when this problem happens, they're going to get all their parts back. They're going to get all their metal and all their chipsets. They're going to get it all back and then they're going to recycle it themselves and put it back into a new car. But you know what? Uh, that's not even gonna, that's it, not even yeah. going to happen, man, cuz we're, we're probably just going to skip that whole phase of that maybe and go right to the driverless cars. Well, I'm I'm for that, but that's you know those ones are going to be are going to have updates. But we're not going to own have updates and it's exactly we're not going to own we're not going to own the driverless cars. They're just going to be everywhere. And you're going to put your token, you're going to scan your credit card your your pass your show me pass beep and you're going to get in and it's going to take oh there's five credits taken away from your life and you're going to get in and it's going to take you wherever you want to go but they're just going to be everywhere and they're going to be going around everywhere kind of like a taxi cab kind of system that's going to be like messed up if uh if you live in the country yeah so here's the weird thing man right now and this is happening in new brunswick because and I know because my dad lives out in the country. So here's what they're doing. There's this like, first of all, there's a stigma attached to being someone who lives in the countryside. You're this dumb country yokel, slack jawed. I'm just a farmer. Like there's this stigma that it paints 
farm people, country people as being dumb, as being slow. And you don't want to be dumb and slow in this world. And so you want to move to the city where you can get some big city learning, putting together them squiggly lines, what fancy people call words. And you're going to like, you're going to come into this thing. So here's what they've done. They've shut down all the school systems. So like my brother went to the school out in the countryside. Uh, it's like probably like uh, 45 minutes past Sussex between Sussex and Fredericton, if you know where that is. And yeah. uh, so my brother went to school out there. Well, they shut down all these schools. Now you get on a bus and they ship you into the city. What that's doing, it's, man, you're losing that sense of community. You're losing that sense of, so maybe they might have taught more agriculture classes out at these countryside schools. You know, they might have had a better home ec class. They might have had a different kind of sports team. They might, they teach things differently. Now you're being, you're taking these kids who were like, you know, they were growing up in this kind of beautiful environment in the forest and they're becoming like these forest kind of people, right? And you're taking them out of this uh, more natural state and you're forcing them into the city with the violence, with the drugs, with the weapons, uh, with just a different way of looking at life, you know, where someone from the forest, they don't care about fucking Nike shoes. And now you're forcing them uh. into this classroom and all everyone talks about is buying the latest uh, Yeezys or whatever. And it's like, man, 800 bucks for a pair of fucking shoes that are ugly. Like, come on. Uh, so you're going you're gonna to brainwash these kids into thinking that this is the way, this is the only way. And that's kind of what they're doing. So they shut down all these schools in New Brunswick and they're, they're transporting kids for miles, for hours. Whereas the school was like a 20 minute drive from my dad's house, probably 10 to 15 minutes if you drive fast enough. Now they have to get on a bus, go like an hour, an hour and a half into the city. I don't know about the violence stuff though. I, because I grew up in the country, and I think there's just this, like, with today's world, it's all, like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that is sensitive and all that. Mm -hmm. And, like, there was there was a lot of violence in just in the country. I remember when I went to school, our principal had the strap. He never used it on us, but all the parents were aware that he had it, and they had no issues with him scaring us with it. <laughs> like, they, they had, like, absolutely no issues. Like, it was... It was just something they knew he had it yeah. once in a while. Yeah. He wanted to just put the fear in us. So he just like got it out and he slapped it on his desk. Yep. And that was, or he like walked into a classroom, slapped it on the desk on the classroom or on the kid's desk. Yep. He, he was pretty smart about it though. He would say, move your hands. So that way the hands wouldn't be on the desk. And he marked it. Whereas, but I had this nun. I remember it was in fifth grade and she was about our height. And she, she, uh, like you, you had like the big, uh, the, the meter ruler. Yep. I remember those. Uh, she had that and she had the, uh, the, it was like a pointy stick. It was like just a little shorter than a ruler. It was round and it was like a yellow tip on it. Yeah. So she could point on stuff on the blackboard. Well, she would use either of, the, of those things. If she's, if she saw you weren't listening, she would take that thing. She would whack it on your desk. She wouldn't aim for your hands, but she had a bad aim. So once in a while... <laughs> you get a little snap on the end of your she, finger. Yeah, once in a while, <laughs> she would like, hit you. And we never went home and told our parents what had happened because we know we could get a licking going back home and say, yeah, she hit me. Well, what did you do? Did yeah, she what, yeah, what did you do to and, deserve to get hit? It's like, yeah. wait a minute. That's not yeah, the point I, here. The point is some human is 
inflicting violence and pain on me and you're saying it's my fault look at that right there that's gonna fucking mess you up as a human man you're gonna have some trauma attached to that Ah. kind of shit later on in life Uh, no we were fine um (laughs) sweet basically like it wasn't like basically we just went on with our day like you get trauma if it happens day after day after day after day if she hit you in your hand once you're you're gonna go you're gonna be over it you're gonna be fine Okay, if it's just once, once or twice. Mm. It's not like an every day you're scared, she's going to hit you. It's not like an abusive parent, whereas like you come home and it's like you're two minutes late and starts like wailing on you. It's not like that's traumatic. It wasn't, it wasn't traumatic like that. It was just, she just swung and had a bad aim, happened to hit you mm-hmm. and... By the time you got home, you actually you actually like forgot about it. Yeah, but think and about like everyone else in the room. They're not they're not in your brain. They're not like ah oh, whatever. I forgot about it. You know, someone else. So like, if I was in a classroom and the dude next to me got whapped with a whatever a strap or a, a piece of wood, whatever it is, it, I'm that's gonna resonate with me, and I'm gonna like you know they've used him as an example. Yeah, he might be over it, but I'm going to be like, I'm living in fear now. I'm in fear. I'm like, man, that might happen to me. Even if it is only an accident, even if it does only once in a while accidentally hit your hand and it's not on purpose, like, I don't want that to happen to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to be a good, I'm going to be a good little boy because they're making me to be a people pleaser out to, you know, please everyone around me and not, you know, live my own true self. Let let, let me use an example. Have you ever had a car door slam on your hand? Oh, yeah. And did that, like, by the end of the night, did you already forget about it? No, I live in fear. I live in fear of car doors the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah, did you, like, really live in fear? Like, really? (laughs) No. Like, it's just... No. Like, like, I remember the the same teacher at grade five. You know how kids... Like, wrestling is good for kids. Um, Like, the whole, like, WWE stuff. Mm. Because it teaches you how to get out aggression without really hurting the other person. And... When we were kids, I'm sure you did that same thing. Like in the schoolyard, we would play wrestling. And we would never hurt somebody on purpose. You you like, you take somebody, like sometimes like somebody would lift you up and like throw you on the ground. But you never played on pave. It was always on grass. Yeah. And you never like threw them to hurt them. And if, and if somebody got really hurt, you would stop right away. Yeah. Like we did that. Like we you kind of learn respect that way. And... I remember this one time, there was this bigger kid. He had the up on a smaller kid playing wrestling. Wasn't really hurting him. But that same teacher, she took her thing, not the meter, but the, the pointy thing with the yellow tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they were like wrestling in the back of the class. It was like one of those days where it's like, I don't know if it was raining or something. They were just like playing before class or whatever it was. But she just like saw the bigger kid having like the up on the smaller kid and she saw it as bullying. So she took that thing and she started like hitting the kid (laughs) who had the up in hand. And he was just like putting his arm up like, Jesus Christ, like, what are you doing? It's like, how do you like it to be getting beaten? She just like kept wailing, like just swinging. (laughs) The kid was just like with his arms up, like, what the the fuck are you doing? Like, where's this coming from? (laughs) Oh my she God. thought she was helping the smaller kid but she was actually being the one being the aggressor <laughs> during this whole thing and it's just, but that that kid grew up to be fine it wasn't oh man it, it wasn't 
traumatic. He didn't come home. He just had the story. Yeah, she's kind of crazy. Watch out for her. <laughs> and that's all it was. Oh, shit. That's all it was. We were just like, all right, she's only, she's, she's a nun. She's a little whacked up. Like, just let's just, like, let's everybody be careful because we know we were all in the same boat. It wasn't like her, like, picking on one student. Like, I, I've seen those things. What resonated with me is when you have that one teacher picking on that one student. Yeah. And I, I've seen that on, like, on the mental level. Those resonated with me. But like that, the teacher's crazy and it's like anybody and everybody on a random day, like those are just like, all right, like how let's just pass grade five, grade six, we don't <laughs> deal with her again. <laughs> it's like, like, just get through this year, man. Whew. Yeah, it's just like pass through these like nine months. Yeah. If I could just like survive. <laughs> it's nine months with this short nun oh, who's kind of crazy. Yeah, when you break that, it down into the months, it doesn't seem that bad. Like nine months is nothing. Yeah, in, yeah that's all it was. And yeah. you move on with your life. <laughs> it might happen like that one day she might like see you like playing with a stapler and in her mind you're like doing something else. Mm -hmm. And she just like swings. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, you'll get through it. You'll get your two months of summer and then you'll be back yeah, in to some other new, yeah. new evil human taking control. So me and my... Uh, me and my dad and my brother and my sister used to have Saturday night wrestling and we would turn the TV off and we had this rug that we had uh, in the living room. We'd push all the furniture out of the way and we had like crazy wrestling matches and yeah. it was fun, man. Yeah. And like you learn to defend yourself, you figure out moves, you figure out the human body. Uh, someone would always get hurt and cry. And then in seconds, you'd be right back in it again. Because, you know, you're a kid. You're made you out of learn, rubber. You learn how to walk it off. You're made out of rubber when that's, you're a kid. You bounce yeah. back in. And that's it. Yeah, you walk. You, yeah, you shake it off. But uh, You shake it off. My, my dad came to play ball hockey with us. I remember we had a ball that was really hard. And we hardly had any goalie gear. So it was only one helmet. And my dad had a really hard wrist shot. Super hard. And we were probably like in like six sixth grade or something like that and like mm. the kids in the neighborhood they would come down and play this is before we had a ball hockey rink where we went more uh, upscale but this was but i remember once in a while my dad would do shot and if because we were goalie you do anything to stop it so you would sometimes like get that shot in the face yeah and blood would be coming out you had like a really fat lip and my dad was just like go in the house and get fixed and it's just, just like somebody else all right so who wants to replace this goal you get in the house you get fixed you came back and you went right back in the net yeah and it wasn't it wasn't traumatic you just learned how to deal with pain and none of us had like our nipples pierced afterwards or her, like we did that's how that's why kids have a lot of stuff pierced now because that's the only way you can learn how to deal with pain you have to learn pain <laughs> you gotta in one way or, or another <laughs> you gotta inflict it yourself by paying yeah. for, you gotta pay for it now yeah. you used to get it for free from a bully now you gotta pay no. for your pain no but remember back in the day yeah like no like nobody cut their arm like to like feel pain to get this sort of weird like aggression out like they like so somebody that cuts their arm like they're depressed right they they, they get the pain okay mm -hmm. so they get they shift the feeling we had that feeling like with 
like with when, life. when we got a, <laughs> we yeah, had it like when life. we got a bike, our, you know, like he did a joke about this, and I and I've absolutely lived this. Like when you got a BMX bike, the first thing you did was a ramp, and you had no pads, and you would try to ramp the basically like the the fence for the cow field, <laughs> and you would ramp that thing, yeah. uh, like. That, that's the first thing you did like with a BMX bike you did a ramp and you had no idea no. how to ramp no. you basically just get it up and up and up until you really hurt yourself and you're like alright so one step down from that thing until I build up you would test yourself you would see how far you could go until you got really hurt <laughs> and then you would just like get it down a notch until you can build yourself up to that place where you can actually land it so that you don't get hurt like that really big thing but you just like you just kept pushing yourself until you got really hurt yeah like all the time right we, we used and to start we started like with the extreme though we would put a big a big ramp because you know you're a kid yeah. and you're like i'm invincible i can do this and then you'd hit it i remember hitting a ramp the first time and yeah. i remember going like five feet in the air and it was like yeah i did it i did it i'm doing it and then, all right. So, the, how, the, but right, then now, the, how do wait, I wait, land this thing? Yeah, how do so I like land? Mid air, you're like, like, oh like shit. The, the step oh, one, shit. all you cared about was going in the air. Yeah. And like, how do I land it? I, oh. I'll, I, I won't be able to figure it out until I get in the air. Like, you need to get in the air first to figure out how to land. And then when you're mid air, you're like, you're oh. like, oh shit, I don't know how. What do I do? And, and what do I do? You're too, you're too young to figure out. Like, oh, it's like actually baby steps. I need to go like one foot in the air and figure out how to land that. Then you figure yeah. out how to land two, then three, then four, then five. Yeah, but there's some science. Don't... There's some science. There's some counterbalance going yeah. on that you don't understand as a kid. And I remember, so my front tire hit and I went over the handlebars and I smashed yeah. my face into the ground. That's yeah, what happened you don't to me. Know. Yeah, you need to land with your back tire first. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't know that until like... And it's because we got hurt that we figured out, all right, we need to take it down a notch. And then you know what your limits are and how you can build up to like that five foot ramp. Yeah. You, you, learn, you learn it by being hurt. But if you got pads and if you don't get hurt, basically sometimes like I, I could have possibly been a cutter. I don't know. Yeah, man, I totally understand where you're coming from that. I have like several friends who I know who were cutters. And maybe still are. I don't. They talk about it like it's a thing of the past. Yeah. Uh, and that what the common thing everyone says is that they just wanted to feel something. They just wanted to feel yeah. like they were numb to the world. And it's like, what the fuck is numbing about this world, man? Like, there's, there's yeah. so much pain in this world. Like, just go outside and ride your bike for ten minutes. But it's like, yeah, yeah these but, these yeah. kids are being bubble. And I'm talking about friends who are probably ten years younger than me maybe more. So yeah, they lived a more bubble wrapped life than you or I did. So we were allowed yeah. to just, you know, go outside and be ex ex little scientists in our backyard, you know, and make, and make jumps ten and shit years like that. You can't, big, you can't do 10 that. years is a big difference. Cause maybe like, I would say like a, like when I was 20, I would see those 10 year olds. Like you have to have a helmet. You have to have uh, knee pads and elbow pads. Yeah. You have to have like special gloves. You have to like, and, and like all this safety stuff, uh, just like 10 years, like that, like the nineties generation versus the eighties generation <laughs> like that, that thing. And yeah. I, I can understand cause like if the, if you're a cutter, like you say, like you want to feel something, well, all the pain that we got, like with our ramps and like the wrestling. And I remember like you had like a, like a fence, if it had like the electrical fence, like for cows, we would 
basically test ourselves, like, can we endure this pain of the electrical fence? And you do, do that through to there. So, and then you send that one kid, and that one kid had to touch that fence because he, he said there, and it was so self-inflicted pain. <laughs> and there's like, is there really any difference between cutting yourself and like going to touch an electrical fence? Like, is there really that much of a difference? Well, like it's, I don't know, man. See, I didn't, I touched the electrical fence. I, I did it, but I didn't do it to feel pain. I didn't do it because like my life was numb. It was a challenge. You know, I'd have like, yeah, but I'd have a brother exactly. or a cousin. You, did, you didn't a do it. Exactly. You didn't do it to feel pain. But when you got home, you didn't feel that need to feel pain though. No, I didn't. Cause you, I, you never, you've never been through that. So nah. man, right? oh, we used to chat. Yeah. So my dad had horses. So there was an electric fence that went around almost the whole property. And I remember going out with my brother and we would try and hang on who can hang on the longest and I would hang on. And so with an electric fence for anyone who doesn't know, it's not constantly electrified. Otherwise every bird, it would, it would kill the horse. It would kill the birds. It would kill everything that, that touched it. Uh, and the thing about electricity is, uh, so muscles contract around when electricity happens. This is why if you're going to test a, a wire, use the back of your hand. Cause if the electricity hits it, all the muscles in your hand tense up and you grab and you squeeze tighter. Uh, yeah. so if you grab an electric fence, they, they shoot a pulse. There's a, there's like a, so his, his were hooked up. They had a car battery hooked up to this electric fence and it would, then it was a little ticker machine and it would send a pulse and the pulse would go around the full circuit yeah. all the way around, do, 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 it would travel all of the length of the property and come back into the receiving unit. And then it would shoot out another pulse, tick, do, 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 do. And if you were somewhere down the line, when that tick comes along, snap, it would hit your hands. You wouldn't let go. It would contort. Your hands would tighten up and you'd grab tighter. So if another one came around quick enough, snap, you would never be able to let go. You'd have to have somebody like shut it off or pull you off of it. Meanwhile, your muscle tendons and everything is getting burned with the lightning fire shooting through your hands. And I remember, you know, me and my brother would try and who can hang on the longest? How many snaps can you do? Well, I can do 10 snaps before it hurts too much. How many can you do? I can do 11 snaps. And then uh, we would try other things like, oh, what if I take this piece of metal and I touch so I would hold like a metal fork and reach over and touch it. Well, when the snap came, the fork would go flying out of your hand somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then we found out that, oh, if I hang on with my left hand and the snap comes and just as the snap comes, I grab a hold of my brother, he is also going to get a little bit of that snap. It's going to go through both of my arms, out my other hand and into his body too. So we got right into this, you know, weird stuff, like messing with each other like that. Yeah, that, that thing, uh, I, I hate it so much when, uh, like, all those posts about kids with Tide Pods. Like, first off, I don't know any kids that ate Tide Pods, but we did a lot of dumber stuff. Like, we had the electric fence challenge. <laughs> like, every every kid went through that. I remember we took this kid, uh, put it, like, remember, for, for no reason, we had, like, uh, metal handcuffs. Mm -hmm. Like, they were popular mm -hmm. in the 80s mm -hmm. for no reason. I remember for those. kids, we had no idea they were actually sold for sexual stuff, but we just like <laughs> bought them because they were cool. And I remember like they took this one kid, put handcuffs on his hand, and then he let himself be handcuffed to the electric fence. But he had to hold this thing so that the fence doesn't like touch the ring part of yeah, the hand. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you just left him there for like an hour. <laughs> but then like tiring. <laughs> like just holding his handcuffs. Like the dumb stuff that oh we did. God. Like it's just our stuff just we didn't have the internet to put it on. Like we did so much dumber stuff. It was it's unreal. Like how much pain we got through. It was way worse than the Tide Pod stuff, which is I it's just like what? Like maybe like two kids? I don't know how many, but Yeah, I don't know. Uh Enough, of, like, enough, it was enough to be an internet sensation that they talked about it, you know, on the news. Like, so I don't know. It's it's stupid, man. There's always these dumb challenges that come up online. Yeah. Uh, but I like the handcuff thing. My brother and I had those those metal ones, and I remember we would handcuff ourselves to things and lose lose the fucking key. You know, it was like yeah. I remember my dad getting mad, like, "Oh, you handcuffed your brother to the metal bed frame." Where's the key? I don't know. I lost it. No, go get the key. I'm like, no, I, I actually lost it. I can't find it. And he's there with the actual... These weren't kids' toys handcuffs. I mean, they were. That's how they were sold. Yeah. But they were actual handcuffs. You needed the key to open and close it. You couldn't just pick yeah. the lock. You couldn't, like... That, no, actually, couldn't I break it open. So my dad I had to get this... I how to do it with a hairpin. Oh, okay. And with a hairpin, I knew how to do it. And you just say... Because the key, this is what I figured out. I was actually one of those kids that would sometimes like take stuff apart and put it back together to see how it works. So basically, remember those keys? It was just like a hole and one little uh, metal thing coming out. One spike on it, yeah. Right? So just like one spike. So that spike, what it did is it pushed down on something that uh, that was like a little spring, like a little piece of metal. That spike, that's all it did. It just pushed down on that thing. So if you had like a hairpin... Or uh, like a nail, you could actually put it in there, like a small nail. You could put it in, and you could actually push that thing, and that's how you could pick it easily. Oh, cool, cool. Yes, I I actually figured that out. Man, so I remember my dad having to get the screwdriver and take our bunk beds apart to get the handcuffs off. And this is like right uh-huh. as we're about we're about to leave, right? We're about to go out the door to go to town or something. And this is out in the countryside where everything is an hour to forty five minutes away. So, like, you got to really plot your time out perfectly in life, you know, and then it's like, oh, geez, like, you guys handcuffed each other to the bed, and now, oh, my God, and then there's no key. Uh, oh, hang on, I'll get the tools, take the bed apart, slide the handcuffs off the rail, put the bed back together, and then, you know, we're not, like, a half hour late to go to the appointments we had to go to. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, like, we we put ourselves in messes like that. We didn't yeah. have... We, we didn't have YouTube or anything like that, but like they say, it's like uh, the technology and stuff, it's dumbing down kids. No, we did dumber stuff. Yeah, we sure we did. did. We sure did. That, we did stuff that was just as dumb. And every previous generation always bitched about the current generation. I remember when I was a kid, uh, they used to bitch about all the toys that we had because they didn't have all those toys because like Fisher Price starting to be popular. Uh, then like a lot of uh, toy companies like Mattel and stuff like that started to come out with stuff like He-Man and uh, G.I. Joe. Like a lot of the toys came out in the 80s. Lego started being better. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like we had a lot of like toys. So they basically bitched at us because we had toys. But the pre-generation before that, like, oh, look at all those kids with those comics. They're losing, they're wasting time with like hockey cars and baseball cards and stuff like that. And gum and candy started to become popular and like there's always there was always something i'm sure like if you go back down the line like oh why are you wasting your time reading books or like listening to radio 
like, it's, like, it's like it's like hobbies. It's like hobbyists. They try to yeah. impose hobbyism on the youth, which you know what hobbies do? They keep you inside. They stop you from going out. They make you spend yeah. money on your hobby. It creates a little micro industry around the hobby. So yeah, even something like the He-Man toys, which, you know, were made, the cartoon was made to sell the toy. They didn't make a cartoon yeah. and then make a toy. No, they made the toy first yeah. and said, how the fuck are we going to sell this thing? Kind of like the, yeah, ninja, the, like ninja, a, the Ninja Turtles too, yeah. And, yeah, uh, and uh, Golbots and uh, all, all the, of it, all of it. it Transformers. So the cartoon was literally a, a half-hour commercial, is what it was. And they would introduce okay. new characters. Then you had to go, "Oh, mom, I need the new Transformer, mom, I need it." And you complain about it until you get it. And it's like, holy fuck, my mom just spent twenty-five dollars, which back in the eighties was a lot of money for one toy. Yeah, uh, I, I remember back, like I was like a huge He-Man fan. And like before, I went to uh, kindergarten, and when I started grade school, I, I I had my mom like tape them so I could watch them because I was like five years old, and it was all about He Man, and mm-hmm. I watched them. And then when it came out on Teletoon Retro, I watched a He Man episode. I couldn't I couldn't even sit through the whole half hour. I'm like, this is <laughs> I, I had no idea what was going on. There was no storyline. There was no, no plot. No, it was just. Just fighting, I, I, just fighting. In my head, Skeletor was like this evil dude. And then I watched it. It's like, he's an idiot that's basically not doing anything. And He-Man's going after him for no reason. Yeah. And he's not sure why. Yeah. And they live in these places. They, <laughs> that's like they live in fucking caves and they're buffed. And it's just it like nothing <laughs> made sense. The story, the quotes the writing none of the, it it's none basically it. it's just it's like they told the animators just draw stuff we'll add the audio after yeah just draw whatever yeah we'll play with whatever you have make their mouth move a little bit yeah it, make it, your it, mouth move a little bit we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll wing it yeah. we'll just wing it and it's just it but, was oh my I mean, god it was horrific <laughs> it's I, I'm like, I can't believe I made my mom sit through that thing. So I just watched He-Man last month. I went on this some cartoon website, and I was like, oh, He-Man. And I, I clicked on an episode just last month, man. I watched this, and I went through the whole episode. And I was like, huh, okay, wow, that was garbage. And yeah. the animation was garbage, and the sound quality was garbage. And the cutscenes, it's the same cutscene every episode. It's like that uh, anime kind of thing that they do. Uh, and, and they still do it today, man. Look at the Pokemons and everything. Think about, uh, I, think I about those kids. I don't kids. watch that stuff. I, well, I, I just like, I got, like, I tapped out, like, as soon as, like, um, like, pretty, like, I was, when I was, I was like 12, 13, like, you can't, it's not cool to watch cartoons anymore. So I actually even missed out on Lion King. <laughs> so uh yeah right because yeah. it, it's like there, there's that age because as soon as you turn 12 13 you don't want to be caught dead watching any cartoons so you basically it's it's only cool again to watch cartoons when you're like 20 21 all the cartoons i watched in my whole teens obviously was the simpsons it came out when i was 11 mm. and i just basically it was a prime time show i just i couldn't look away Every time it was a new episode, I was super excited. 
<laughs> it's, I've been watching since episode two of season one. That's when I started watching. Yeah. And uh, I remember I, 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 my mom wouldn't let me stay up because it was on so late at night. And uh, I was like, Mom, I need to convince my friends because my friends were all being allowed to watch it. And I was like, well, it was I need- on at eight. Well, yeah, but I was a little kid. I was going to bed at like seven thirty, seven or some shit. And it was on at, I think it was yeah. on at nine back in the day. And I was like, mom, can you just watch it? And can you draw like Bart Simpson for me? So she watched it and drew Bart Simpson really well. And then I practiced drawing Bart Simpson over and over again that morning, eating my cereal. I went to school and I was drawing Bart Simpson. I'm like, guys, I watched it. I watched it last night. They're like, no way. What was it like? I was like, oh, it was so cool. I'm like, look, I can draw Bart too. That proves that I watched it. And I drew Bart and everyone was like, holy fuck, dude. Like, he really watched it. Look, he can draw Bart and everything. And I was like the, the star of my class drawing Bart Simpson. <laughs> that That's another thing, too, we did as kids. Like a lot of us, uh, we like exaggerated stuff just yeah. to look cooler. Yeah. You know, oh, my God. Like, we ever, I can't think of anything that I literally did. But I knew, oh, I remember I used to exaggerate stories. Like, I remember, like, the, the, it was, like, just the, uh, like, uh, like, they put a coffee pot on, like, basically um, right next to the stove on the counter. And it had burnt a ring in the counter. Yeah. For some reason, so I said there was a fire in my house. <laughs> like just to sound cool, just to like get attention. It was like it's just like the worst. Like why the why? Like, and and it's one of those things like you're embarrassed about like that story when you're like fourteen, fifteen. Like no, I didn't do that. Like but then when you become an adult, it's like yeah, I did that stupid stuff. Like, it's funny. It's, it's funny the cycle you go through. You know, you're like you say it. Then you're later embarrassed about it, and then later you're like, "Oh yeah, I did that shit." You're yeah, I was an idiot. Yeah, yeah. it's like we, we because you realize when you get older, you realize like, "Oh, everybody did that stuff." And when you open up about it, and somebody says a story that they did, that they like a lie that they told. Whereas, like, if that lie would have come out as a kid, you would have been like so embarrassed. <laughs> Man, That's okay. So, so here's the thing that I've done. I like consciously I made an effort to, and this changed my life, man. And this has made life so much easier. And if everybody would just do this, there wouldn't be so many like misunderstandings. There wouldn't be so much conflict. There wouldn't be so much issues socially is that I, I consciously made an effort to stop getting embarrassed. I was like, that's not a thing I do anymore. I don't get embarrassed. I don't care. Pull my fucking pants down in the shopping mall uh, I don't care. Just do it. I don't care. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, whatever the thing is, my face doesn't turn red. I don't get all rosy cheeks and oh my God. And I blush and I'm ashamed. So it's like, no, I don't do that. I don't play that embarrassment game anymore. But now there's a flip side to this because I don't know if there's some kind of weird energy of the world. There's some kind of embarrassment energy, but it all gets transferred over onto the people around me. So whereas I can stand there and shout at the top of my lungs how I love Katy Perry in a shopping mall or anywhere, you know, 
the people around me, they put their head down. They start blushing. They start to get like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's saying that in public. Like, oh, gee, that, gee that's not something that you talk about. Like, oh, keep that to yourself, man. Like, oh, fuck. And it's yeah, like, actually, no, so nobody gives a fuck. The embarrassment that should have been mine has now been transferred over to the people around me. And that's like a weird thing because that makes people not want to hang out with me. Uh, even something simple like trying to get someone to hold a video camera while I do some weird fucked up shit. I'm not getting embarrassed because I'm the actor on a stage. And for some reason, man, I have the hardest time to find somebody in my life to hold a video camera for me and go out and do wacky video things. I remember trying to do just these little web, web logs, webcast things. And fuck, man, I could not find a friend anywhere. I had a, I had a buddy who was holding the camera. That's all he was doing. And I was standing there and I was saying shit. Oh, I know what it was. I had a, that puppet paper bag face. I don't know if you ever saw those paper bag face videos I used to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm holding the paper bag and it's this character and he's, he's wild and he, he says fucked up nasty shit. And my buddy holding the camera, all of a sudden, as I'm saying shit, he like puts the camera down and runs into the house. And I'm like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, oh, the neighbors came out, man. I don't want them. To, I don't, you can't have, oh no, you can't hear that kind of stuff. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? You're not the one saying it. I'm the one. I'm the one standing here yeah. with a paper bag puppet on my hand saying it. You're just a guy behind the camera. Like, why are you getting embarrassed about the shit that I'm doing? And man, time and time again, it doesn't matter. Even to this day, I cannot get someone around me to hold a camera. See, I wouldn't care at all. Like, I would hold that camera. It's just, I, I probably like. Let's say I'm like, well, I don't want to. I don't want it necessarily like. I probably say like if it's like a some some really like like crude stuff. I probably say, just don't put my name in the credits. Yeah, <laughs> so that's yeah. probably like <laughs> as far as I would go. Well, like I'm uh, not gonna I'm not but, gonna do some like Nazi shit or anything like that. Yeah. I mean I'm gonna keep it you know within a range, but like I I don't know I don't know what's gonna come out of my mouth. Especially, okay, the thing about a puppet is that this thing somehow, man. It has, it became its own alter ego that would come out when I put this thing on my hand. I don't know what it was going to say. And I don't know who it was going to say it to. It was so weird. And people around me stopped even looking me in the eye and started looking at the puppet and arguing with it like it's a real person in the room. And it's a, it's a paper bag. It's made from the Sobeys bag. Uh, Sobeys is a grocery store for pe- for listeners who don't know. Uh, and the little bag that you put your mushrooms in. <laughs> and that's how the puppet came about. <laughs> and so Pete, I- I've had friends like stand there and they're like arguing with it and they want to like grab it and punch it and like strangle it. And it's like, yo, yo, you realized it's a puppet, right? But like, I can't stop the things that it's saying. It, it has become its own entity. So there's this weird it's, shit like that yeah. going on at the same there's time. There's this weird shit. Like uh, I've experienced that in comedy. Like if... Uh, like, number one, uh, especially notice it, like, uh, if I go, like, on the mainstream scale, like, if you look at the Jeff Dunham, right. you'll be like, right. yeah, oh, my God, the puppets are really funny, but he's not that funny. But the puppets, though, they're hilarious. Like, <laughs> uh, you, you, real, you realize it's, it, it, it's the same guy, right? It's the same <laughs> it, guy. It is, and, but it isn't, man. And I, and, I know this phenomenon from, can, from doing it. And he it, can though, make like, the puppets say, like, offensive stuff. Well, it's a puppet. Yeah. So you got to be mad at the puppet, not at the guy. But I've seen this too, like in a comedy, like let's say I go and I tell a story as myself. Right. And some people might get 
like especially if I go like in front of a, an older crowd, like a like really old people. Okay, like if I tell like a, a crude story about like a a horrible date that I went on, yeah. and like there's let's say there's some sexually explicit stuff in that story, or like a girl I used to date, I'll say some sexually explicit stuff. Uh, they'll be offended, or I say like a joke about like some drugs, even though I even though I say I don't do drugs. <laughs> but na na na, like I have this joke. Um, basically, like uh, it, this is one of my opening jokes. Uh, I I often say it's like uh, people ask me like if I get a lot of women after shows. Like no, I don't. But I get a lot of idiot idiots offering me weed. But here's the thing: I don't like weed. I don't like it. I like the buzz and like the taste of it, which is probably why I have a big coke problem. And it's not true. I don't really have. I don't do coke. I don't do weed. I don't. I just don't. Right? It's not. It's just I. I'm like my body, like I've tried drugs and it's just my body like doesn't react good with it. My brain doesn't react good with it. So I just basically I'm not, I'm not made for it. Yeah. And, but there's just jokes, but let's say I do it in front of old people. They, they'll be offended by the word Coke. They'll be offended by the word weed, but let's say I do it in like a character. So I dress up in a character, and I've seen this. I've seen this guy. He dresses up as this, like, 80s drummer in a metal band, in an 80s metal band, like a spandex <laughs> yeah. and all that. And a hairband. <laughs> yeah, and he does, like, this uh, drugged-up, coked-up guy, and he does, like, the crudest jokes. And they laugh. Old people laugh their head off. Yeah. And yeah. younger people are like, okay, like, I it's it, it's a character like they're like younger people are not into it it's like yeah I I don't believe you like they I know you're it. not they this don't, guy they don't and buy they, it yeah. yeah and they always act like confused that they're on stage like somebody would just like let some random idiot go on stage and just <laughs> and it's they always start like that like oh you're here what are you guys doing here it's a show. What? What the? What? What do you think that's going on? Like, like you're on the poster. You're it's, getting paid. We paid to come in here. Like young people will actually kind of be insulted at that. Like, but older people eat it up because it's a it's a character doing it. But they they won't like if it's a true story about you. Even though everybody's mm-hmm. had sex, oh, everybody's yeah. tried drugs at one point. Everybody's had that. That's how everyone was made with sex. That's how we're all. That's why there's overpopulation because we're overdoing sex. It's so. It's a it's, yeah. It's it's that weird thing, but like you said, like that bag. It's just oh, like people get bad get mad at the bag and not at you. Yeah. Well, it's it's it's, it's like thing. it's it's not even okay. Taking it out of the context of comedy, even it's character acting. You know, you yeah. are playing a character. Okay, maybe my character is a dog. What are the things that a dog would say and do and want to think about? And how would a dog react? And how would a, what would a dog say yeah. if it could speak to this crowd of people around you? Um, or, you know, the, the crazy paper. It's a demon that inhabits the paper bag. That's how it comes animated. But it only happens when I put my hand inside the bag. If my hand's not in that bag, the demon doesn't come activated. That's kind of the, the backstory to it. Um, so it's like, yeah, what would a demon inhabiting a paper bag say? It'd probably talk about his, his tiny little thin paper dick and shit like that, you know? But like, I'm not yeah. sitting around writing this stuff. It just comes out. You center yourself. You get into the character of 
the demon, the dog, uh, whatever your well, character is. And well, then you, you the kind stuff of like, just comes out because you're, you're in that yeah. mode. You're like, I don't know, maybe you're a race car driver. What are the kinds of things a race car driver would say? Uh, oh, I like to yeah, go around get, and around and around. You just start like breaking down in your head. Like what would this type of person say? What would this type of person do? And you try to like, it's like acting, you know, you have to like uh, channel that character, that thing. Let's say you have to play um, someone in a movie who's like a notorious mob boss that doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. So you're going to start playing this character, whereas you don't give a fuck that you're watching this person getting their, their fingers broken right in front of you. You don't like you're just going to basically like channel that thing. Like how would someone who doesn't care about like people act like how would you know, like like that thing. Right. But at the same that, at the same time, you it gets to this point where you're not even consciously doing it. You don't have to think like, okay, how would a guy act? No, it just happens. It just comes out. It just is, you know, you get into that and it just happens. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. It just comes out of you. That's, that's, you know, yeah. that is like, I think that's like a true sign of like a really good artist, actor, what ha comedian with a puppet, whatever it is that's happening when they get into this like character acting i love that stuff like when the yeah, guy did like when the guy did yeah. the joker the guy who died doing the joker like that kind of shit man that's like it's so impressive you become yeah. this other thing but you don't have to become just the one thing you don't got to let it take over your life which is the cool thing about jeff dunham he has all those different puppets so when he throws on this one, oh, now he's an old man. Oh, now he's the skeleton thing. Oh, now he's the, the lady. Like, and he can switch interchangeably between it, but I bet he's not even consciously really doing it. Like in his mind, he doesn't have to switch over. It probably just happens. Yeah, like the jalapeno on a stick. Like what would be the voice of a jalapeno on a stick? So it's, it's a Mexican. And if you say it like consciously, it, it sounds it sounds a bit racist, but nah, it's not. Yeah, but really. when, it, when it's, it's there in your face and it's happening, yeah. you're laughing at it, yeah. and and so are all the, uh, yeah. the Mexican people next to you laughing at it too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, man, that's the weird thing. If it was just him up there doing it, oh no, he'd get booed off stage. They'd throw, oh my god, they'd throw yeah. apples and tomatoes I, I, at him. You know, he'd, he'd get, get out of here, man. It, they wouldn't honestly, if it would just be him doing it, I would actually think it sucks myself. Yeah, yeah. Like it would be like it would be horrible. You're just like doing voices, stereotypical voices. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like you're doing a stereotypical like uh, Muslim terrorist. You're doing a stereotypical um, like Mexican guy. Doing, <laughs> stereotypical yeah, jalapeno. <laughs> yeah, it's like doing like this, oh, like this thing. It's so yeah. It would be it would be horrific. Like without the puppet, if it would just be him doing those voices, like why why am I watching this? Uh, are we like nineteen sixty? You'd feel awkward like, too. You'd feel like oh my god, yeah. what's going on? I mean, yeah, I remember, it, it, but I remember when he first started. I remember like a lot getting a lot of slack for that kind of stuff. People were like, you know, that's not a puppet. You know, it's just him. You know, he's a racist piece of shit doing that. I remember reading like blogs about that, like tons of them. Really? Yeah, like. uh not maybe not so much now now that like he is so established and you know he's honed his art as being like the puppet guy and you know everyone laughs at it everyone thinks it's cool all all the races everyone enjoys it so like and man it's that virtue signaling you know people yeah. 
just want to be outraged in the outrage culture and they want to take a part of it and they want to write something about, oh, I was offended. I was offended. Blah. Bit, Let me pour my The best my thing to do with that is blog. just like ignore it. Yeah. Like just, yeah. So, like, just, like, just ignore it. Don't be, don't be offensive for the purpose of being offensive. If you, if you made a mistake and you said something that's, and and you look back at it, it's like, yeah, that's offensive. Like, they own up to it. Like, apologize. Like, I'm not, I'm not against that. Like, it can happen. Uh, like, I'm like, I'm not saying like, nobody should ever be offended by anything. But I'm, I'm just saying like, like the whole like Jeff Dunham thing, like that. Like, if you're offended by that, the best thing to do is just don't go to his shows. It, don't watch his shit on YouTube. Yeah, don't, it's, don't no, but do the it. The best thing like, for him is like not respond over oh, and yeah, it was, yeah yeah it would just it's just gonna go away that's yeah. all that's all you need to do man feeding the trolls is like a thing and okay so i make these youtube videos on my youtube channel and i don't i don't know where the ideas come from but i just they just happen okay i'll say some shit it, like today so, okay, these podcasts are being recorded like a few months ahead of time. So anyone listening to this, it's not going to be today that, that this is being recorded. So today is a Remembrance Day, November 11th. I just did a YouTube video about Remembrance Day, and I guarantee people are going to get upset about it, and they're going to freak out, and they're going to say a bunch of nasty shit in the comments about some of the things that I said, and they're going to take it the wrong way. And what so did you okay, say? I'm asking if wearing a poppy is feeding the war machine. That's it's a it's an opinion. It's an opinion, it's not, but it's a it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a, a question too. It's a, val- not, it's a valid. It is a valid question, and, and I'm just kind of posing it to the world. I'm not saying that it is. And if you watch the whole video, you know it's going to explain my point of view, which is it's kind of like a yes and no kind of thing. Like, is it, but it is, but it kind of isn't, you know, you're remembering people, you're sending respect to your elders, you're sending respect to uh, people who you cared about from your life, who really thought this was like a big deal. It'd be like, it's kind of like, okay, imagine if I have some grandkids someday who have a podcaster's Memorial Day. This is to remember all the podcasters of, of time. Remember great grampy J. Cole, he was a podcaster and they had a podcaster's day. It'd be like that, man. And it's like, it doesn't matter whether the things that I said on my podcast were like positive or negative, or if the government paid me to do them, or if there was deviousness behind them. You know, it just comes down to the fact that this is something that I truly, that Grampy J truly cared about. So we're going to honor him because he put his life on the line doing something that he thought that he thought was right. Whether it was real, whether it was brainwashing or whatever, he thought that he was putting his life on the line for his kids and grandkids and went out and did a thing, you know? So that's kind of where I'm getting at with the video. But, you know, there's going to be trolls and they're going to be saying shit. And so my my reply to everybody is, hey man, thanks for commenting. And then, and then I'll try and like diffuse the situation a little bit, but I don't feed into it. I don't, I don't get polarized on the subject. I don't take a stance too far on one side. Like, no, I'm going to argue with you back and forth. That's just what they want. Like, oh yeah, I got somebody. Ha ha. Uh, and, and I think, yeah, I think my thing is we got to, I, I think we got to remember not to repeat, but here's the thing. Like a lot of people that are going to hate my grandfather with it and that. All right. Well, here's the thing. If your grandfather was still alive, ask 
ask your grandfather what they think about war. I'm sure they won't say, oh, it's great. It was a fun time. We had like, we had a ball. Like, no, they, like anybody that's been through, like that's actually been there, like not a lot of them have good things to say about war. They don't, war is not fun. No. They don't, uh, they, a lot of them, like I know people that have PTSD. I know people like it's it it can it can fuck up someone. It it really can. And yeah, absolutely. Where like we do have to remember, we do have to give thanks for those that did put their life on the line, especially like at like the World War World War Two. Like I was like like uh, horrific, like what Hitler was doing. And it like yeah, they, we have to give thanks. But there's also like the question like how how do we stop wars let's like that's i think that's the question you're trying to raise like how do we stop it and i'm sure anybody that's been on the front lines is that, that survived the front lines is definitely going to say like yeah it's a, it's not war is not a fun thing to go through no man and like now it's, for the flip side of this here's what ended up happening as i'm saying this shit i'm like you know it it actually it made me so I I put a fucking poppy on. I took my dog for a walk, and then this I just like I'm just gonna put the video camera on, start talking about this shit, and it hit me. And man, just it made me remember my grandparents. You know, it's not something I think about every day. I don't think about oh, Grampy Cole and Grampy Collier. Blah, blah, blah. They are such nice people. Like it made me think about them. And I sat down and I started remembering them and all the good times we had and how decent of a person they were and i started crying and like it made me tear up man like right on the, right, it's there on the video anyone can go watch it right now um so yeah like it's not like it's not like i was trying to stir up some shit on the internet like i was just saying some shit that came out that i had the thought of the day kind of thing and then you know it stirred up emotions it did i did remember i remembered both my grampies today so it worked wearing that poppy worked made me remember them made me remember all the good things they did but then it started making me wonder like okay like hmm they were such nice people man like both of them were like super just stellar human beings and i'm like where are all the super nice stellar people today like where are where are all the grampies where have all the grampies gone like why why have we become this outrage culture? Why have we gotten so like, oh, words, you said some words and now I'm, I'm going to be upset about it. So it's like it, that kind of shit, like it pisses me off, man, to think that someone was willing to what they believed at the time, put their life on the line for this planet. And this is what we've done with it. We, we've taken it and now we're just getting all butt hurt about a word here and there. Uh, the thing about like some people getting hurt by words i think it, there's not that many it's just like the they like somebody says something and then it gets like shares but you like i notice when somebody starts like sharing that like say like on social media it will get like maybe like one two three four likes i just started mm. to I ignore a lot of those i just try to be uh, the best person that I can be, I just ignore the ones who are like offended. Because if you give it attention, you're feeding it. Like if you hate it mm. uh, and you give it attention and you try to fight it, 
the more you try to fight it, the more you're actually feeding it. So I'm just basically like ignoring like when people get easily offended by by stuff. I just basically I'm not saying like I like you need to word use words that are like derogatory, just like to hurt people. Obviously, like we do like, like clickbait kind of people who are yeah you know, they're making clickbait with their words in in the video. Yeah, getting they're making people all riled up. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like there there's certain things that I will say that I will like I I just try to not give it any attention. Mm. And it's basically it's working. I am going through life like way better right now just because of that. Uh, cuz I used to get like all riled up about like about that and now I just pfft, the, the <laughs> more the more you ignore it the more you can move on or else it's just going to it's going to take up a chunk of your day yeah. it's going to go through your head and you're going to develop some sort of hatred which is a, like a lot of times what what they do is they they try to like split it and they say like oh if you use this and that and nah, 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 it's it, it, they just like make a mountain out of this like one word yeah and if yeah. you and if you start and and if you reply to it then you get like other replies and then you get into this weird argument that basically you didn't need to get into at all like just don't touch it with a 10-foot pole and eventually they're gonna have like this one-sided argument against nobody and it's just gonna pass like there's well man okay so there's so many people right now today who get triggered by like one word so imagine someone telling a joke and they're still in the setup phase and then someone hears a word that triggers them and they're just like nope nope shut it off shut it down nope we're not going any further you just said a word that i don't like that word nothing else you have to say it's like well let me finish i'm in the setup like i haven't you know i'm i'm building a character i'm showing how much of an asshole this guy is in this character in the setup of a joke and people are freaking out already. No, nope, uh, like no, nope, shut it down. Like the whole, uh, shut it like down. the whole Tom Segura thing on Netflix, where they wanted to, they said, "Oh, it was hate speech." Oh yeah, actually, and, I, man, I was thinking of like we were actually watching with a. I was watching a video. I was watching a movie with a friend who we weren't even five minutes into the movie. And my friend was like, nope, shut it down. Not watching this. Nope. And I'm like, yeah, but it's just character development. Nope, I don't care. If they're making, if we're watching a movie about a guy like that, I don't want to watch it. And it's like, yeah, but okay. In the movie, the guy is a piece of shit. He says some piece of shit things that a piece of shit would say the first of the movie, you know, and then there's the character builds. He changes. He grows. He becomes a better person by the end of it. But no, they didn't want to give it the chance to even do the setup to show how evil of a guy this guy was to even know how the story turns out at the end. It was just like, nope, shut it down. So yeah, it that's a, like shutting was, down American History X at the start because he's yeah, racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, what? This is about skinheads? Nope, shut it down. Shut it down. Not doing it. So yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and so, yeah. But again, man, is it real? Is it virtue signaling? Is it like uh, people just wanting to get offended? Is it actual really offending them are they giving it a no they're not giving it a chance 
And it, oh, like, man, I feel like, like there's Tom more. Segura, there's yeah, more. Like I heard that. I, yeah, I, I know Tom you mean. Segura I know you podcast. mean. The, yeah, the, his, his and, but thing. This yeah. is what he said. He's like, he's got, he got a lot of e- like hate emails. Yeah. And he would often ask the people, did you watch? Did you actually watch the bit or did you just see the headline? And someone said, no, I don't need to watch it. No, 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 because it's like not right. So, okay, what? How about you watch it and then we'll have a discussion. And yeah. then they would write back, oh, I watched it. I sorry. I guess I overreacted. Yeah. He actually got a lot of people saying, I'm sorry I overreacted. I actually didn't watch it. And now that I've seen it in its entirety, uh, I see you were, it wasn't actually offensive. You just used the word, but you basically used it in the same context as I was thinking about the word. Like, basically, like, we shouldn't use this word against, like, people who actually have, like, a mental disability. And it's just, like, that thing. Like, they yeah. they didn't realize just because he said the word. Yeah, okay. Uh, been- Man, I have a problem with that word because it has a definition and it has a meaning. And if you're using it for that meaning, then it should be able to be okay to say it because you're not actually talking about a demographic of people. You're talking about... Uh, a malformed growth of something that that could happen to anything and for more more than that okay the word crazy should be taken out of our if anything the word crazy should be taken out because there are way more crazy people out there but crazy has become this thing like oh wow that's crazy man oh did you see that movie yeah that was crazy yo you see that new music video Nicki Minaj, yeah, it was crazy. Crazy, eh? Oh, I had a crazy good time. Crazy is just thrown around every day. So, like, if anything, that should be the word that gets ruled out. That should be the most offensive word than a word that actually means, actually has, like, a a solid definition of what it means, whereas crazy is just like, oh, it could be anything. Uh, This podcast could be crazy. This glass of water could be crazy. This pen could be crazy. Uh, My mental stability could be crazy. I... My mental issues could be crazy. Oh, there's just so much variety to yeah, it. Yeah, because way back when, if you had mental issues, you were sent to the crazy house. The crazy house. But yo, that house, that, that house was crazy. Yeah, that's where crazy people go. <laughs> that, like, remember that, like, back in the day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they had the crazy house. Like, they had the insane asylums. Yeah. We call it, like, it was called the crazy house. Yeah, you're going, or the nut house. Back then. You're going to the mad house. Yeah. The crazy house. You're going but with, it's, all, it's, with all the nutters. But it's true that, like, we've, we've been, like, we've overcome a lot of stuff, like, uh, mental issues was basically, if, if you had mental issues, I remember back back in the day, it's just you were crazy, and you were sent to the crazy house. Yeah. That's how it was back in the day. It wasn't dealt right, and now we're dealing with it right, which is, I, I think, we're, like, there's a lot of stuff. There's always room for improvement. I remember if you were gay back in the 90s, I went to school in Boktosh, you went in Shidiak. How old are you again, Jason? Uh, you know what, man? I'm 39. You're thir- Okay, me too. So you're uh, born... So basically, when you went to school in the 90s, if you were gay, okay, and you were in high school, you had to stay in that closet. If you came out, oh my God, the hate you would have gotten in that school, the bullying, the hate. Oh, and oh, like, not only was, that, beat up, you would have been put in special oh classrooms God. and shit. Uh, here's the thing, man. Yeah. I have a gay uncle who... He came out back in the 80s, or I guess maybe everybody knew already, I don't know. But when he came out, there was like a whole thing through my family. Oh, if you, don't you talk to your uncle anymore. 
Yeah. He's got the gay. Yeah, I, He's got the gay. And you know what all I, the gays? The gays yeah. all have AIDS. So don't ever let him kiss you on the mouth. Don't ever let him touch you. Don't ever, don't ever go near him. And so it was like, what the fuck? And like, well, now he's he's my favorite uncle, man. He is my favorite uncle out of all of them. And like, it, it, it took a while. It took an adjustment period. It took time for the stigma attached. It took time for all the rumors and the lies to be melted away, which, you know, this was just shit coming out of the media uh, saying that like, oh, all gays are going to are going to have AIDS. It's like, no, it's not true. Uh it's just a weird thing, man, that, that society goes through when someone is different from everyone else. We point the finger and we cast them out and then it fades away and it rolls over after a few years like, oh, yeah, hey, welcome in. And you know what? Everyone has totally wiped that from their memory. When I bring it up nowadays, like I never said that. No, we've always loved your uncle. He's always been a part of the family. And I'm like, bull fucking shit. I remember specifically being sat down and being told not to ever go near that man ever again the rest of my life and to run the other way. So it's like, okay, <laughs> apply yeah, this. Yeah, like apply uh, this I have to an society. uncle to it. It's gay. And it was that big, it was that big thing. Like yeah. this, like the family disowned him was a big thing. Like they, like they couldn't believe it. Like he, he moved to Montreal. He lived with his friend. <laughs> like, like it's oh oh he just haven't found any girls that suits him yet no because they basically don't have penises that's what he's into he's into men right because like that's that's what he's into and my yeah. dad called it but they were all in denial because it was this big thing and there was like it, it it's a big there was there's been so much advancements in accepting somebody's sexuality since 1990 yeah it's yeah, a, sure. there's been so much advancement just like there's been like a lot of advancements for women like it from 1960 to like 1980s right like women in the workforce mm -hmm. remember like they, they started and it was like a lot of advancements yeah uh, for a lot of stuff and it's just and i think it's because this thing whereas like the pendulum was so like one way and now it's so much the other way it's gonna eventually find a middle yeah just all all you need to do is just like keep your head down just do your shit and just just do the best you you can be yep and eventually it's gonna find a good middle i i really believe that's what it's gonna be yeah or or man it's gonna swing back to uh, uh, th things like uniforms. Every place uh, is gonna I, have a uniform. You're not gonna be able to be an individual self at a job. You're gonna be a clone of the person next to you because they're not gonna I wanna deal with any of this individual stuff. They're gonna be like, no. Okay, you all wanna be, the, how about this? Everybody's the same. Y'all get the same washroom. Y'all get the same haircuts. Y'all, if you wanna work here, all the same haircut. Everyone wears the same shirt and the same pants and the same shoes. This is what you're gonna do to work here. I feel like it might at, go, it might go that way too. I'm actually okay with all the same washrooms. Here's the big improvement in 2018 you think that would exist is those stalls with like the the bottom part really open and that huge crack in the door where you can see if somebody's <laughs> sitting in there or not. Yeah. That huge and like the up like where you can go up and see like can't we have like more private stalls? Yeah. Like the, I'm I'm okay with like bathrooms for everybody like the big improvement is like why 
why do we still have like that big open thing? Well, we you know when like, you're at what? when you're at home with your family, we don't have two separate washrooms. We all use the same washroom, and we all yeah. wor- it works. You know, we don't. Man, I don't even know where this comes from. This washroom thing, like this silly separating it. Anyways, I think it's because the invention of urinals, and they just didn't. You know, it was easier to put a room with urinals, whereas the women's washroom needed toilets to sit down in. Uh, well, not just that. I can see like how because of the urinal, basically you're out there with your 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 penis out, and you know that there's. You, we can say it's one out of a thousand men. Yep. That are gonna do something really weird and creepy. Yep. Work your dick out. Yep. To with like little girls right there, or like or a woman. This is something, or, or like two women, and like it's like that you know that, and it's like okay to have your dick out in the bathroom. So it's like kind of like a loophole for that like library guy. Yeah. You know the guy that goes in the library, just like this flashes everybody. The creepy guy. It's kind of, yeah, it's it's yeah. a loophole. You yeah. can like basically like flash somebody in a in the in the bathroom like super easily, and it's like why did you have your because I was in the bathroom it was at the urinal or or like and, or like you said there's those cracks in the door now right and yeah. the guy with a small wiener using the urinal he doesn't want a woman looking through the crack at his small wiener and laughing at him there's that too like it goes so, like it goes both ways yeah it just needs to be like. Just all all stalls that are like basically you have your dick out in that thing, and basically when when you're in there, just like in your house, where you as you close the door and you do your thing, and you come out, and the only thing that's left behind is the smell. Like that's <laughs> you just don't. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm no, going to say something right now on the air that I've never said before on any podcast. I. For the last like several years, I sit down to pee and I don't care who knows it. And I'm going to tell you why. One day as I was peeing, wearing shorts in the summer, I would feel these little sprinkles on my shins that come up out of the toilet, little pee sprinkles. And I realized I was like, if those sprinkles are hitting my shins that I can feel because I'm wearing shorts, it's definitely hitting the roll of toilet paper. It's hitting the wall. It's hitting the bathtub. It's hitting the back of the toilet. Little sprinkles are splattering out everywhere. And I just thought like, you know what? If I just sit down, that totally wipes out all of that. Totally. It, it, it totally makes sense. Like peeing sitting down is actually much clean. You'll have a cleaner toilet yeah. than peeing uh-huh. standing up. Because when, when you pee, does that splashback? Yeah, yeah, the splashback that comes out. Like from, because and, you're, you're doing it from a distance, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like... And phew, because you're doing it from a distance... And there's a it, force it, behind it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to splash out and it's going to sprinkle everywhere. Uh, yeah. Not just on the toilet seat. Like it's going out onto the floor. And that is what sits and that's what makes the stink yeah. all around the toilet. Uh, the other thing is, is think about this. Okay, so your your bladder is like a sponge. It's literally a sponge in there. And it is swelling up with the pee water, okay? If you're someone who sits down, let's say you're in an office kind of job, which I have worked a bunch of call centers. I've sat down a lot. And so you're sitting down, your sponge is angled as it is when you're sitting. You run into the bathroom. Well, now you got to stand up. When you stand up, the sponge is now angling a different way. So it takes a few minutes for that pee to go from the top of the sponge to seep down to the bottom of the sponge so that it can go out if it's at a urinal or if you're standing peeing into a toilet. So it, 
So like I'm sitting down right now. If I had to pee, I could quickly run into the bathroom, sit down, and it'll quickly come out. There's no time in between. And on top of that, the, the third reason is that for the longest time, I get pee shy. And I, I don't know why. And then one day I figured it out, man. It's the fucking sound of the pee happening. It, it just oh my God, yeah. it, it goes away. Yeah, the pee right? sense. I remember driving from New Brunswick to Ottawa with my friend. And if anyone knows, that's like a, it's a long ass drive. It's like a 10 hour drive. Okay. No, it, no, it's, it's, ac- uh, it's actually longer, I think. But yeah. We, it's we, because it's roughly, you're roughly 10 to 11 hours, depending on how many stops you make from here to Montreal, from Moncton to Montreal. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. you, came, you got from Shadyanish. Moncton, yeah. Well, we we would drive yeah. really fast. We were going like so, top speed. To, yeah, we kept it. But to, then to ten hours. Ottawa is like two and a half hours past Montreal. Yeah. So yeah. you still need to make stops. Yeah. yeah. I don't care how fast you're driving. You're not gonna. So there's these long yeah. highway stretches, is what I'm getting at. And man, I could not hold it. I was like, man, can you just pull over? I'm gonna run into the forest. And my buddy was driving and he goes, he goes, oh, there should be a stop up here. Just, just, can you hold it for a minute? He's like, I got to go too. I'm like, yep, man. I felt like my bladder was going to explode. I had to piss. I've never in my life had to piss so bad. I jumped out of the Jeep. I ran into this stall and a fucking guy comes in right next to me. I was at the urinal and a guy comes right up to next to me. That's it. All the sensation of having to pee completely gone. I stood there for probably five minutes waiting and more people just kept coming in and standing next to me. I'm like, well, this isn't going to fucking work. I'm like, I guess I don't have to be that bad. I sit back in the Jeep. We get going down the road. Not two minutes. The pee sensation's back. Again, yeah. full-fledged. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. You're going to have to stop, man. I couldn't pee in the bathroom. I have to run into the woods. So he pulled over and I went and pissed in the woods. But what I discovered was it was the sound. All these years, it was the sound. So by sitting down, it doesn't make that sprinkled piss noise happening. By eliminating the sound, I just go in, I pee, I'm in, I'm out, done. This whole issue has been totally resolved. So anyone out there with a shy bladder, try sitting down. It really fixes things. I think that's why you should have loud music in the uh, bathrooms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And there's it, guys. That, that actually, because if, if I'm somewhere and it's loud. Yeah. Because I remember when I went to the clubs and you had to like yell to talk to people yeah i actually like it it came out right away yeah like, all the time but yeah. if i'm in a urinal and especially like if somebody like i hear theirs going mm-hmm. like i'm like I, i'll be standing here mine is not going i'm like oh shit you can hear that mine is not going yet and it's like i get nervous <laughs> and it, it, it's just I like I, I just like stand there like just totally ignoring and then as soon as they leave and i'm left there alone then boom it goes i know i just like yeah i just stand there with my dick out until they leave oh man so yeah i know what you mean because i always i don't know why i always think that everybody is thinking about me everybody's watching me everyone's listening to me yeah. it's like a weird thing that i have and i i don't know how to shake this thing either how to like get out of this mentality this mental state that everyone's watching and listening but they're not but he's over there worrying about himself uh. he's worried about his own piss coming out he's worried about what his stupid kids are doing inside the car uh 
if they're fucking ponking the horn but, or whatever, you know, like he's not thinking that, about that, me and what I'm doing. That or they want to have a conversation with you and do it. There's come out like they're too comfortable. There's come out is coming out right away and you start talking to you. Like, why are you talking to me? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> That's the like, worst. Like, really? Like why <laughs> are you? Ah, so we're going to have a conversation now. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And I, I, and I can hear you have no problems. That's cool. Hi, I'm Jay. Uh, Do you want to shake hands you, first? <laughs> like, introduce like Jesus yourself. Christ. <laughs> like, oh, oh man. <laughs> it, it's like, it's like right away, they just see the back of you and you just like, and it's like a lot of times it, it is people I know, but they just like start talking and they just start whizzing. I can hear them. Yeah. And they, keep, looking, and, and they talk over it too. Yeah. Oh, the hands-free, the hands-free people. I'm yeah, just they're, looking they're, down at my little helmet. It's not crying yet. The, the people who don't it's, even, they don't even hang on to it. And it's like, man, how is that not going everywhere? And, uh, okay. Everyone had two things. It, it's either, it's either, it's really big or it's really small. If, it's, <laughs> if you're not holding like, it's, it's one or the other. It's like, so it's like so heavy that it, it's just, you, you know where it's going to go. Man, my, mine goes, holds. mine goes right down into the water. Whoosh. <laughs> And, or it's like so small that it's like, well, it's, it's not going to move. So. No, no. Um, and we all went to school with that one kid who used to have to pull his pants down and his underwear all, all the way to yeah. the ground. And, and they lift up their shirt. At, and that's what I love about South Park, Butter Stotch. He does that. Yeah, yeah. Just gets into the stall <laughs> all the way down and then he lifts his shirt. He doesn't yeah. hold it. You have to. You have to hold your shirt with both hands, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then just and then they they squeeze their ass and they lean up front. Yep, like they do that little arch thing. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> tilt tilt the pelvis. <laughs> yeah. So man, I saw somebody doing this like within the last year. I went into an adult, an adult was doing this, pants fully down, and I was like, okay, this is like. This is a handicap. This is a special needs person or something. And I just kind of was like, I'm going to find out. I got to know I, who does that at this age. And yeah. so I, I, you know, I pretended to like wash my hands a little bit longer and I kept looking over and he's still there. And then finally he pulled his pants up. He came over and clearly, no, they're like, I talked to him. Like, hey man, how's it going? Oh, Hey, what's up? So like, there was clearly nothing different about this person. Like it just, Probably, you know, was something they did as a kid. No one ever told them like, hey, man, that's weird showing your ass to everybody. And they just kept doing it. That's kind of like, you know, you like you meet this person. Oh, you're really cool. You have same interest. And uh, yeah, let's jam. Yeah, you're all nice and everything. Nah, nah, nah. And then they say, yeah. So, you, so just so you know, like, and then they stop talking. Yeah, you know, like how flat the earth is. And they think they're trying to make us believe it's round. It's like, ah, Jesus Christ. just <laughs> 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 Oh man, you were cool it's up like, until now. And, Shit. And it's like, let's say you would have met this person like before. You would have clicked. And then you yeah. go in the bathroom and then you see this. <laughs> like, you just like, I, I don't like, like I have to cancel my plans with this person somehow. Because <laughs> every time you're like, because because you know, like if they, if they show up at your place, like to play cars, like, hey man, can I use your bathroom? Like, I'd rather not. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you just go outside? They're like, it's kind of cold on my ass outside. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh. oh, Jesus Christ. Like, you're like, you, because like, you won't be able to shake that thought. 
out of your no, head no. of them like doing that. No, and if you're playing and cards like, with a bunch of people, you know you're gonna mention it to everybody at the table. You're like, you know that guy's in there with his pants all the way down to the floor. And and here and here's the thing, like you you know when you say like, oh, you just like, do this thing where you you try not to be embarrassed about stuff, like people don't think about you. Well, <laughs> actually, no, that that's one of those things people will notice. They'll think about it, they'll talk about it, and they'll be like, ah, Jesus Christ, wow. Like, I can't believe that person does that. And it's just going to change your perception. Mm-hmm. It's those little, I don't want to say it's the big elephant in the room. It's those little mini elephants in the room. Yeah. And man, it's, but fuck, man, it's shit like that, that I love to bring up. I just love to mention that kind of shit. So I, I noticed that you uh, expose your bare ass when you piss in the urinal. They'd be Hello. like, what? What's wrong with that? I've been doing it my whole life. Okay. As long as you're aware. Most people don't do it, yeah. but you do whatever you got to do there, boo-boo yeah there's two things it's either you avoid that person for the rest of your life or you have to address it mm-hmm. to them and in front of everybody else like <laughs> maybe, maybe it, they like might do it in private first you know like hey yeah, man, just, just so like you know that, the rest of the world like, we do this and they're like this is this, you think this is thermal like yeah like let's talk to other people let's see what <laughs> fish talks are let's put this to the street hey marty but, i need you yeah. to hold a video camera while we bring this guy out on the street <laughs> <laughs> have you like what do your other friends say about this like, yeah yeah did they ever like bring it like they, they never brought it up and then like okay well talk to them like what do they think about that like do you think it's normal no man it's fucking weird stop doing that it's, it's uncomfortable <laughs> i don't want to go on the okay. i don't like going on road trips with you because like whenever i stop at a nerving like people like look at me i was getting it with that people like it's just like, <laughs> other people look at me they stare <laughs> Hey, man, it's but like again, again, all we're doing is like we're worried about what other people think about us. We think everyone's looking at us when probably they're not, you know? Well, no, and if, uh, if you do that, if you do that, they do. They are looking at you. They, and are, they are thinking about you. If you if you do that, if you're an adult that has your pants all the way down, <laughs> lift up your shirt. But like, let's, un- no- let's unpack that a little bit more. Why is it a bad thing? Why is it weird? Why? Why can't you? What if you started? Maybe it's you or me who's afraid to pull our pants down all the way. Maybe it's a fear that we have to accomplish. Because that this you don't person... need to. Yeah, I know. It's easy. You, don't you whip need, it out, never, put it yeah, in the toilet. You never learn how to not pee on your pants. <laughs> it's, that's, like, that's like you're an adult and you've never learned how to tie shoes. <laughs> hey, man, all right, maybe, maybe the guy was wearing Velcro. I didn't look down at his shoes. Like It's, it's like one of those things whereas like if you wear velcro like uh i'm okay with it but if you've never learned how to tie shoes or like if you've never like i will also judge you if you've never learned how to pour a bowl of cereal by yourself (laughs) and you're like 38 (laughs) without the milk going everywhere (laughs) yeah you've never (laughs) learned how to do it properly and and you're an adult like a full functioning adult Uh, You will be judged. I remember, I remember the day right now. I remember it was, it was my mom's boyfriend and I remember pouring the milk myself and I I had no control over it because, okay, we're talking like grade four. Okay. I should probably know how to pour a milk onto my cereal by now. And I remember. It's a little bit heavy sometimes. Still, this is okay. This is. Back when there was bags of milk and the bag would go into another container and that container yeah. had a little handle on it. And if your mom cut the hole a little too big, the milk would come out way too fast. 
it, so or, so, or some or sometimes like it, it with the suction it wouldn't go all the way down so it was like stuck out like about like a third so when yeah. you start pouring like the bag would just like let go yeah so you had to learn you had to you had to hold the tip you have and, to hold and, the, and, the the opposite end of the hole yep and you hit it you hit it, it on the ground you hit it on the table to make sure it, yeah. the bag settles but still no but not just that i mean like as you're pouring oh you always oh, had yeah. to hold yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. like the, the opposite tip of the yeah. hole so you had to use both your hands yeah so as a, as a dumb kid i didn't know that man and i would i'd have my bowl of cereal and i would pick up the milk and the milk would go whoosh, and the milk would push the cereal out onto the table and milk would go everywhere and then other yeah. people because i'm a kid other people would have to clean up after me and finally this guy he's like look i'm gonna show you something this is how you pour cereal this is how you pour milk you pour it like this, and he explained the whole thing. Like, yeah, tap it, hold the hold the other tip. Uh, don't pour directly into the center so that it splashes out. Kind of pour on the side so it rolls down the side of the bowl, and you pour slowly at first, and as you get the feel of it, you can increase the pour. You're not in a big rush. The milk's going to go in. You're going to get your cereal. Don't worry about it. You can have your sugar fix here in a minute. And so, yeah, I would, ah, one, it took five minutes. It took less than five minutes for a dude to just explain it to a and child. Your mom, it and never came up to her. Like it, it never like crossed her mind. Man. Just like show you how to do it until you learn how to do it. I feel like there's a ton of shit that I didn't learn from my parents growing up that I learned, you know, on the fly or I learned from other people. Uh, and, and okay, my, but my I'm, dad I'm, was pretty thorough with that stuff. Like I had to learn how to like uh, start a lawnmower with the primer meant, like how to mix gas, how to like yeah. he, and like how to like not make a mess how to clean up your mess how to like i had to do dishes i had to do laundry i had like all this hands-on stuff that you'll need in the adult world like it was all shown to me my dad even showed me like his bills and his pegs and <laughs> like all that stuff man i was like, showed me how to be good with money i was such a lazy kid i didn't want to do anything i just wanted to play and watch cartoons i remember okay this is going back further. This is grade three. My mom going, okay, you kids are going to start doing some chores. You're going to help me with these dishes. And she brought me over, stood me up on a chair. You're going to dry these dishes. Like, you know, trying to show me this is what you got to do later in life. You know, teach me some life skills, starting with something easy like the dishes. And man, I figured out. So at first thing, I dropped the dish and it broke. She's like, oh, well, fuck. Okay, you got to be careful. You can't do this. If you, you can't break all my dishes, I'm like, oh, sorry, mom. And I felt bad. And then like this evil grin, like crossed my face. And I had this like, like, oh, if I break another dish, let's see what happens. So I broke another one. She's like, okay, you really got it. Look, you got to hang on tight. You got to hold the towel like this. You got to dry it like this, put it back over here. I'm like, all right. I break a third one. She's like, okay, that's it. Go play. Uh, you're not going to break that. all my... That's gonna... where it was going. You just basically got yourself out of it. I got myself out of it, man. By playing stupid. But by yeah, playing stupid. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, I was a lazy little yeah. brat, you know? So, I don't know. I felt like my parents probably cleaned up after us a lot more because this is what would run through their minds. Like, okay, I got to teach this kid about cleaning. Oh, fuck. He's going to fuck it up just because he wants to get out of it. I'll just clean it up. It's quicker See, if that... I just clean it up. 
It, that sort of thing would have not worked with my dad. The spoiling, that's spoiling <laughs> your kids, and you're not really training yeah, them. You know? My dad, my dad would have like called me on like you're just being an idiot on purpose right now. <laughs> my my dad, like, he would have for sure. He would have called mom. me. He would have called me on it, and the dishes that I broke, I probably would have had to like work to replace them somehow <laughs> by doing something else. It's there's something you would have come up with something and man that's the difference between a mom and a dad see my mom's like okay i'll just do it myself it's quicker she's more worried about efficiency and, and stuff like that or is my dad be like okay we're gonna stand here and you're gonna break every plate in the house until you do these dishes i don't care you're gonna learn a lesson boy so yep. <laughs> different teaching techniques man <laughs> one of them you learn one of them you don't <laughs> one of them you learn how to be devious and one of them you actually just learn yeah, my mom, what she did is if I didn't clean my room, she would clean it for me. Then I couldn't find anything. It yeah. just pissed me off. Yeah. So it was I like, all that. right. I, and I always had to hurry up and do it before her. Yeah. Or there'd so be that, to that's, toys are missing. You're like, where's my favorite toy? Oh, yeah. Oh, everything that was laying on the floor is now in this garbage bag. Good luck. And you dig through yeah, the garbage and like, oh, there's like banana peels and everything. Oh, there's the, the sword for nope. my He-Man. The so He-Man nope. sword. She, How could you throw his sword away? It's the most important thing. No, she wouldn't like put it like in like the garbage, but she would like take everything and put it in like all the same pile in the thing. It's like, no, He-Mans go here. That goes there. Like then it's like, you know, like don't mix Legos and He-Mans yeah. in the same box. Yeah. And it was just like pissed me off so i had to do it and i had i just wanted to sort it out <laughs> a certain way i think i had like some sort of ocd <laughs> Man, you, had some, you had some crazy organizational skills as a child like yeah okay we moved we used to move a lot like we moved when i was 20 my family i had moved 22 times in my life that means i moved oh, on an shit. average more than once per year my entire life so shit we got to this point where and i remember so my parents are divorced and my dad would take us on the weekends and my dad came and he's like oh he saw my bedroom and there's nothing the shelves are empty there's no toys anywhere i haven't played with i haven't put any posters up and he's like well where's all your toys i was like oh i put all my toys okay you know a box that like a, a dishwasher would come in yeah. i had a, i had a box that size i had all my toys in one box just full to the top ninja turtles the he-mans gi joes transformers robots all, all this different shit all just crammed into this one box and it was full to the top and i said oh they're all in there he's like well aren't you gonna like because i used to display everything and i used to have like all my he-mans in a row on display and i would take them down and play with them and then put them back all organized and shit and i was like i was like what's the point we're just gonna move again so like yeah. that's kind of when it got to this and he was like oh that's that's weird like fuck man like there's something wrong with the kids like they're not even playing with their toys anymore because they keep moving so much and uh so i remember at my dad's house we had our own sets of toys and i remember he built us this massive shelf system in the room where we could like set everything up he's like there it'll always be there whenever you come back if you put a toy here it'll be right there when you come back and i thought that was like really cool a really cool thing to do to try and counterbalance you know the moving around and and not being able to you know i would set things up oh, on time live here for yeah, three months have like to tear this, it down again like what and having like this one place that's like 
always yours type stable, of thing. A stable place, yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. I mean, at the time, yes. we didn't see that as kids. And I remember my dad mentioning it, like sappy stuff like that. Oh, you guys will always have a home here. Don't worry. You can always call this place home. And he would say it in like this sad kind of way, you know. And I'm like, oh, dad, don't don't be all mushy and shit like that. Stop saying shit like that. Fuck. Like, who cares? Like, you know, but looking back, I'm like fucking thank god man thank god he did that and thank god we had like a stable place and he still lives in the same house and i can still go back to that very same bedroom i mean it's turned into like an office now or something else it's been renovated three or four times to other things but i can always go back and like that's my room that i'll sleep in when i'm there uh that's where i'll put all my stuff you know i'll set all my little things up on the shelves and the counters that are in there and you get that nostalgic feeling like, oh, yeah, you know what? This is a home base. This is stability. This is what it feels like to have, you know, that grounding. And, man, as a child, it's – I don't know. I look at it both ways. So I had the, be- the, the best of both worlds. You know, I had the gypsy lifestyle, but at the same time running parallel, I had this, like, weird sense of stability too. Yeah, I was pretty lucky that I – like, I never had to move as a kid. Uh, like I, I got that lucky stuff, so it's, it kind of like, it, it's uh, lucky not like in the sense that like it's taught me about stability, yeah, in a way. So I don't, so, but like today I don't like moving a lot either. Like, yeah, like it's pretty. That's funny, man, uh, because like my brother went the other way. So my, we both went through it. We went through the same upbringing, and the first thing my brother did was uh building buy it buy a house buy some land and he's like there i never have to move again stable stability i got it it's set i'm never leaving me shit man three months goes by and i'm like i get the fuck out of here the walls are closing in I, i gotta move i don't like this and even if there's nothing wrong there's like right now there's absolutely nothing wrong with my life i make enough money i pay my rent self-employed too uh I do it all myself. I buy all my food. I eat the best food. Uh, very healthy. I have time on my hands. I have all the free time. I only work every two weeks. Uh, so I have a full week off every two weeks. I walk the dog. We go on hikes. We can go on little vacations and shit like that. Like there's totally nothing wrong with what's going on here. But still, man, right now, like I've been having it the last few days. I'm like, I got that itch. I got to go. I got to move. I got to. I got to do something. So my way of fighting it is I redesign my bedroom. I redesign the living room. I move everything around. Like, well, what if the TV was over on this wall? And what if the couch was over here? And what if just to make it different and interesting? So I don't know what that is, that weird nomadic gypsy thing in me that I just want to keep moving. I want to, I want to, I don't want to settle down yet. I don't want to, I don't want to be in the same four walls every day. It it annoys the shit out of me. What I like from what you said is how you said that your brother came from the same background and you each got totally opposite results. Yeah. Like from like from that experience. And it basically, because I have a theory, everybody says, oh, he's, this person is like this because this is how they grew up. No, that's bullshit. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I can find other people that grew up with that same background that made a choice to be something other than that. Like, let's say like somebody's a like pretty much like a a piece of shit or like basically like takes advantage of like government systems or like just basically a freeloader. Oh, it's because they're parents. Then, 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 Yeah. 
I'm like, or like they're lazier, like they can't, don't do anything on their, out of their lives. Oh, it's because uh, they hardly had an education. Well, I hardly had one either. I hardly passed my grade 12. So, and I'm not like that. So, so like, it's all, it's all a choice. Like, like I, I understand that, yes, somebody's got to be more likely to be like that. Yeah. Uh, like, you will be more likely, but you're not like that because like if you're a piece of shit you're not a piece of shit because of that sometimes you're a piece of shit just because you are because yeah, i know yeah. some people who had like great parents um great everything and they are just total pieces of shit yeah. and i know people who had parents that were pieces of shit and they turned out to be like i will never be like my parents yep and but i also but yeah like the more like I like the percentage wise, it will go there. But in the end, you basically when when you're an adult and you're a person, you basically your brain knows right from wrong. Yeah. So like I like what you mean about how it's a choice. And for my brother, it definitely was a conscious choice that he said, you know, like, no, nope, we moved my whole life. I don't want to do that. I want to. I want to work hard. I want to buy a house. I want to buy land. I want to have my family. We're going to stay. We're going to settle down and we're going to plop down and this is it. Whereas me, it hasn't been a mental choice on purpose to be nomadic and move around. If it was, I would probably shut it off right about now. Because like I said, everything is going really good and I don't need to rock the boat right now and disrupt all this. And that's the other weird thing that's going to happen is that it's as if there's this other Jay inside and he's going around. He's going to, he's going to say things and he's going to do things. They're going to rock this boat until it fucking tips over. And he's going to be like, Oh, I just want to live on my own. Oh, I don't want pets anymore. Oh, I don't like living in this part of town anymore. Oh, I don't like this. And it's going to, he's going to do some shit. I have a feeling that's going to try and disrupt all this so that I'm forced to move even though everything's great, everything's going fine. Technically, I don't want to. I don't want to move. But th there's no stopping it, man. It's just this weird pattern that's repeated my yeah, entire who, life. Who's making that? Who's making that choice to move? You. It's yeah, not but your dogs. Yeah, but no, no. I'm brother. It's I, not your mother. It's, it's it, right now. It's you. I'll yeah. I, I can take the responsibility for that. But like, I'm not okay. consciously saying like if i did want to move i would just say okay i don't want to i don't want to leave here i want to move um but i don't because i like it everything's going well everything's good but there's this part of me that is gonna like i don't know maybe like say some words or something to like my my flatmate or something to disrupt things uh plant a little seed here and there i might say mention things to the landlord who you know i might put doubt in their mind that that we're not going to stay here forever. And they might start thinking otherwise, uh, you know, and maybe they'll start trying to find someone else to live in the place and then like, just kick us out. And then it'll be like some weird, it'll just get sprung on me and it'll be out of the blue and I won't be ready for it. And I'll be like, you know, I won't be ready to go put like, uh, first and last month and damage deposits and all this kind of shit that you do when you're a renter, uh, or have, extra cash set aside to be renting u-hauls to move furniture it'll it'll happen at the most inopportune time and it'll just jump out and be like guess what 
disrupting your life. Ha ha. All these little seeds you planted the last few months, they've come to bloom. Get the fuck out. Time to go. Um, so I'm, man, I'm just praying that, you know, by staying centered, meditating every day, uh, being mindful of my words with everybody, not trying to overspeak. Like I, I'll tend to do that sometimes. Like I'll, uh, you'll get talking with someone and I'll just like, you let your guard down kind of thing and you let some shit out that maybe you shouldn't have let out. So I'm trying not to do that. And it's just a, it's just a practice of being present and mindful in your, in your life. And being mindful is like as easy as, so someone who's clumsy is not generally mindful. Someone who spills their water every day because their hand bumped, oh fuck, I bumped my water, spilled all over my desk. Uh, and their life is in a constant turmoil like that. Like, and okay. So uh, my friend here, uh, she's a nanny. She nannies little kids. And we were picking blackberries. Blackberries grow on thorn bushes. The little boy, he's like four or five years old. He wasn't cluing in. He's like, owie, ow, owie, he kept getting pricked by the thorns. And I like, I was like, okay, now look, watch your hand. Now watch it. Now reach your hand over, touch just the blackberry. Now watch what your hand's doing. Cause those are all owies everywhere. Only touch the berry. Don't stop looking at your hand. Now pull the berry off slowly. And he did it slowly. And then he reaches again, reaches right into the bush. Ow, ow, his hand's all caught up in thorn bushes. I'm like, okay, man, look, you got to watch your hand nice and slow. That's, that's a practice of being mindful and present. You're watching what you're doing in the action right in the moment. You're not thinking about, get the berry in my mouth, get the berry in my mouth. No, you're thinking about pick the berry first. You know, there's steps to be hey. had. And so someone who knocks their water over all the time, they're not being present. They're not watching their hand to where it's going in the world around them. They're not very good at coordinating in this space that we're in. And so like that can be done with your words, that can be done with your actions, that can be done with your thoughts as well. And for me, two, meditation two is what, you, what's really, yeah, really helps with that yeah, shit. Because there's two things. The, fir the first step is being conscious. And the second step is okay, so what do I do to fix this? It, it's, uh, it's usually only two steps. It's like, all right, being conscious that you're doing this thing, and then step two is then trying to figure out how to stop doing whatever it is you're now conscious that you're doing. If somebody's not conscious that you're doing something, they won't fix it. Yeah. But you got to be conscious. Like, that's, that, that's a really big step. Yeah. But uh, since you mentioned it, you move so much, I... The, the question that I have for you is what, like as an adult, not with your mom and everything, but mm -hmm. like as an adult, what's your favorite place that you've lived in? I don't have one, man. I'm never happy. I'm never content. Like a, there's you don't all, have one. Fuck, man. There's always something. There's always something. Right. I, I what like was it. The most, what was the most horrible one? <laughs> there's... The, uh, well, it's not even a place. It was more a time of life. So back in the, back when I was doing a lot of drugs, partying all the time, trying to be a rock star, uh, you know, we lived in some shitty places, but that's just cause it's all we could afford. Cause we spent all our money on parties and, and trying to be musicians. So it was like, to us, it was a toss up, you know, it's like, well, yeah, we could get a, a job and go live in that nice place. But then that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to have jobs. You know, we're not going to be musicians. We're not going to live this life of freedom. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, 
we'll take the shitty place over the freedom. So there's always been like a toss up or a balance to be had in that sense. So there's no real, yeah, I lived in some pretty shitty places, man. Like I lived hey, in- Do you a, have we, any horror I, stories? Yeah, we lived in a house when we were in, okay, so first year of college, okay? Uh, me, two buddies, the two guys from the, the rap group I was in, Element Control, we moved all three of us together. We got an apartment together, all three of us, and we got kicked out within 30 days together for smoking weed in the apartment and neighbors complained about the smell. So the woman came in uh, and I handed her the rent. She smiled. She's like, oh, hey guys, how you liking the place? I'm like, oh, good. She's like, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, the neighbors said they smelled like cannabis. They smelled pot. And we were like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Like. We had some friends over from the college the other night and someone was smoking a joint and we told them to put it out right. Well, fuck, we didn't. That was a total lie I made up. You know, it was us yeah. smoking weed all day, every day in this in this apartment. So we didn't put the towel over, uh, over the door or whatever you got to do to stop the smell or put a spray or anything. We just fucking smoked the weed as we thought we were like, you know, still we thought we were like rock stars. We're like, oh, whatever. We're cool. We can do whatever we want. Um, so... The landlord's there to collect the rent. I've got a stack of like a thousand dollars cash in my hand. I hand it to her. She says those things. Yeah, well, geez, maybe just don't have have those people over. Yeah, totally won't happen again. So as soon as she had the money in her hand with her left hand, she reached into her back pocket and she pulled out the eviction notice and handed it and goes, thanks for the rent. And she goes, by the way, you're evicted and gave me the, the pink slip. And we're like, oh, fuck, what? She's like, yep. Clever, one, clever. One yeah, she knew that we wouldn't pay the rent if she had evicted yeah. us. She knew that. that. She was smart. Yeah, she was smart. Uh, <laughs> she good was for, smart. Good for her. She knew what good we were going to do. Yeah. So now we're, we're like, oh, fuck, we got 30 days, man, to get out of this place and find a place. And this is September. So we rented this in September. When does school start? September? Yeah. Yeah. So we rented it the month before. October, August? August. Yeah, we had rented it, I think, halfway through August. So it's now into September. Uh, so it's the end of September. Uh, Have fun finding a place in September. Yeah, school's already started. Everybody's got rented all the places. So on our same... Which city is this in? This was in Woodstock, New Brunswick. Okay. Okay, so if, if that tells you anything, this is like a country bumpkin town. There's already not yeah. a lot of places to live. Uh, one man owns the whole town this one man named jr he owns the local bar called jr's and he owns literally every rental in the whole town except this one house the one house had literal boards up on the windows okay Jesus. it was condemned the city the town condemned it no one's allowed to rent or live there this guy buys the place from, I believe, probably from the JR guy, and he puts a for rent sign. It's on our street. It's five houses down. It's like a third of the price per month. We go in there. So now it's like October, right? Uh, we go in there. We're like, yep, we'll take it. It had like, fuck, five or six bedrooms. It was a two-story uh, duplex. There's no one to the side of us. We get in there. Uh, and then it got cold, like winter is coming. <laughs> it <Yeah>. got fucking <laughs> cold. There's no heat in the place. There's an oil tank downstairs 
the oil tank is like $800 to fill it. And there's all these weird rules. You need a credit card, which none of us had. You need a cosigner. You need all this bullshit just to get oil hooked up. Uh, so we figured, like, well, whatever, maybe we can, maybe we can, there's a little bit of oil in the tank. So we turned it on. We figured out how to light, how to light it, hook it up. Well, that lasted about an hour, how much heat was left in the tank. And then the cold set in. We had to buy space heaters that we put throughout the whole place. And uh, yeah, we lived for like a month in this place uh, with space heaters in each room. Uh, I couldn't even afford a space heater. So I would borrow my friend's space heater in the day. It would run in my room all day. And then at night they would take their space heaters back. And I had blankets stapled to every wall to make it more insulated. And then there's a fucking hole in the wall where the wall had separated from the house, I could reach my hand outside, pick up a handful of snow and bring it back into my bedroom. So I've got Jesus. like old blankets stuffed into the in. Man, it didn't matter. Uh, I built a tent. I built a tent out of blankets. On So on top of every wall having blankets and the ceiling blankets all stapled to it and nailed to it, then I had to make a tent made it of more blankets. And then I slept in all my clothes and I had this like $300 sleeping bag that my grandmother had bought me that is like, you can sleep in the snow in this thing. And I was sleeping in that and it still wasn't warm enough. Like it was insanely cold. Uh, and then they moved, uh, uh, this crackhead moved in next door with his family. And uh, man, this guy was rough. He was so rough. And the shit he would say, and he'd be out there smoking his crack on the front step and he had yeah like hey guys and he had that like crackhead kind of voice like hey, blah, 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 blah. You know, that, that voice that they get um yeah like someone who smokes too much cigarettes that kind of thing uh so this guy, oh, man he was so mean to us and it's, it's i don't know so me and uh me and one of the roommates is it like one of those guys they use the word fuck at least it twice every sentence every, every sentence yeah yeah, exactly. so fucking guy who wanted to fucking mud, like that kind yeah. of guy. Yeah, so he's there. He's big. He's fat. His wife is there. She's big. She's, she's fat. She's overweight. They have a baby. The baby's crawling around in nothing but a diaper, crawling through broken glass and cigarettes on the front ground where they would throw their beer bottles and cigarettes and shit and just babies crawling through broken glass. And we're like, what the fuck, dude? Like, this is messed up. Uh so me and one of the other friends left for the weekend and we left one of the guys in the apartment. Well, he was playing music a little too loud. The guy next door didn't like it. He said, it keeps waking the baby up and they didn't, he didn't give a fuck. He's like, whatever, fuck your baby. Like, fuck you guys, fucking crackheads. So he kept turning, didn't turn the music down. So this crackhead neighbor busts down the door, grabs my buddy it's like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to fucking kill you and all your little friends. And he was like, yeah, he thought we were there. So he was like yelling at us. Oh, your friends are fucking hiding upstairs. He's yelling at us. We're not even there. He's yelling up the stairs to us. Thinks we're hiding. You better turn that fucking music down. We get home. My buddy tells us that. And we're like, okay, we're getting the fuck out of here. We just, I don't know. We quickly somehow found another place to live. It wasn't an ideal location. We had to drive like. 15 minutes out of town to get to this place. So now we couldn't just walk to school every day to college. Now we had to drive and coordinate drives and it just made life a little more complicated, man. And, but I don't know, in the end it turned out to be like 
our new spot was like really nice, really warm. We had cool neighbors upstairs who liked to party with us. They bought drugs from us all the time, paid my rent, paid my tuition by selling them drugs. Uh, so it, it worked out for the best in the end, but that place and that time was just like pure hell while I was going through it and trying to go to school and trying to come home and sit in a place with no heat and use a computer to do like our, our, uh, homework and three of us trying to share one computer to do homework. <laughs> like man, it was, it was rough, but you know, what are, year was this? This was 2001. These are the things, man. These are the times that fuck looking back. I'm like, yeah, it was hell, but it shaped and molded me to be who I am today. It hardened me. It toughened me up. Uh, See, when when you go through something like that really young, it's kind of cool. But when you li like live in that sort of situation with like two other guys and like that sort of a shithole and you're like 45, that's sad. <laughs> yeah, that's different. Like, yeah. That's that's totally different. <laughs> when you're like 20, 21, like under 25, yeah, it's acceptable. Yeah. You're going through like a shitty place. And it's kind of like, a, like a, I tell people like, oh, like my kid – He's uh, graduating this year. He doesn't know what he wants to do, so he has to pick a college. Like, no, like, don't don't let him go to college or university right away if they don't know what they want to do. No. The best thing for them is to work a job that they'll hate. Yeah. Have, yeah. Them, hate, have <laughs> them hate that job. Yeah. And then once they figure out, oh, like, they hate that job, they'll start to really look for what they do want to do. And at the same time, they're collecting money. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. That's they're getting life experience. They're getting job. They're, they they know now how to handle coworkers, shitty coworkers, shitty bosses. Yeah. They're, they're, they're learning those skills. If you don't know what you want to do, go make money, work, and you'll get a job that you hate because you basically have no education. And like that's how I discovered like like comedy. That's why I I got like really pushed because I was working like I worked my almost my entire adult life jobs that I hated. Yeah. And it Man. just made me work harder yeah. at like wanting to get out of those jobs. And like, so we had the light at the end of the tunnel, right? So for that crackhead, this is it for him. This is his home. He's not, he doesn't get, he doesn't get to leave school in another two years. He doesn't get to leave. That's yeah. it for him. For us, this is just a tiny little stepping stone. We were able, you know, it's like, what are, yeah, it sucked but it wasn't the end of the world. Like I knew yeah, it wasn't, like, this isn't my forever home. I'm not going to be here forever. This is just yeah, a short like term. First, yeah. It's like your first car. It's always going to be a piece of shit. Like <laughs> yeah. it's like for most, for most people, like the first car is like, it's cause you worked at McDonald's or like somewhere minimum wage and you buy like a car that like basically cause it passed inspection and it's like $1,200 and now you have to pay your insurance because that's why you can only afford like $1,200. And like, you know, like you just basically like buy a car cash, like your first one usually, like usually your first car is going to be like a, a piece of shit for the, for most people. <laughs> and like your first places you live is going to be a piece of shit. I remember like one place I lived on uh, King Street in Moncton. It's now now it's pretty much like ghetto-ish. Mm -hmm. Like if you go on King Street, like even at the importance on King Street in Moncton, if you want to use the bathroom, you have to ask for the key. Because get into the bathroom. <laughs> to take, yeah, because all the crackheads like they go in there, yeah. and uh, so oh man, it's like it's 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 hor. Like you go in there, and 
I, I, I always feel so sexy because I've got all my teeth. <laughs> like, whenever I put that importance. Like, he's not one of us. Get him. Yeah, so I, I lived in this place. I, I, li- I used to live, like, downstairs. It was, like, a bachelor one. That's My first place was $400 a month. Uh, so it was Ooh. pretty much like I, I pretty much I had I had nothing. It's good, and then uh, I got my hours cut, so I moved uh, with my mom that rented the basement of my godfather. So that she was hardly paying anything there. So I moved there to save up money throughout the summer, and then afterwards I moved on my own again at the same place, but the bottom, like the bachelor one, was rented. Yeah. So since I knew the guy. I lived, it was like basically like a, imagine like a three-story house. Okay, so you've got the bachelor on the bottom. You've got like a two-bedroom apartment in the middle and another two-bedroom similar to the middle one on the top. So now I lived in the middle. And the woman that was living downstairs, like the people that were renting the middle one, they had only been living there two months and they were leaving. And then when I was there, I was basically working two jobs actually at this point. I was working... um, one that was like 40 hours a month, the other one was like 30, uh, 40 hours a week, the other one was like 30 hours a week. Yeah. So I was basically working 70 hours a week, two jobs. <laughs> wow. And I was moving in, and I, so it, I hardly had any time to move in. And I had like this uh, dead period between four and six during the week. And on the weekends, I had the evenings. That, that, that was my only time. So I moved all my stuff. It was on a Sunday evening after one of my shifts and then the next day I went to work on my first job and then that period between four to six I went home moved some stuff around and then afterwards I would go to my second job until like midnight 1 a.m. something like that I came home I was moving stuff around again move furniture so I could sleep there my first night (laughs) yeah so I slept there, and the next day I come to the apartment after my first job at four just to eat something because I had done a mini grocery. You, know, you don't want to eat out too much because it costs a lot. Yeah. So I had done a mini grocery. I went there, and the woman that lived below me, she heard me coming home between four and six. So she comes with me. She's like, what was all that noise at 1 a.m.? I'm like, I'm sorry, I was moving furniture around. They explain I'm working two jobs. That's the only time I could, like, arrange furniture, blah, blah, blah. So was, okay, so everything was fine. Yeah. So went back. And uh, it was, so I go to work my second job until 1 a.m., come home. Like, I'm completely pooped by this point. So, and I had... Uh, I, I just, I, I didn't even have a bed. I had a futon. So I just slept on a futon. I passed out because I had to get up next morning really early. So I was basically just like sleeping like four or five hours a night. Right. Working two jobs. Really poop. So I come home again the next day, like at four to eat. And she comes to see me again. I'm like, you were up again last night. No, no, no. I'm like, what? I was up. Yeah, you were moving furniture. I came to see you. You could hardly stand up. You were... You were leaning against the door. Uh, you were drunk or on drugs and that yeah. whole thing. Like this whole story yeah. about me moving stuff around. So as opposed to arguing with her, like, okay, like when I went to bed the other night, like I used to go to bed, I had these splash pants that were like bright orange. Right. So this also was around like that, around the same time as you. It was like 2001 or two. 
no, 2002, actually. Okay. This was like uh, November 2002. And I said, okay, like, what was I wearing? She said, well, and I was, I had black dress pants as she was talking to me. Well, kind of like you were right now. You had black pants and then I'm like, okay, so she's, like those orange splash pants that I went to bed with, like you can't miss that. Yeah. So, but I did not tell her that. I didn't tell her what I was wearing. I just like because everything she was telling me was so absurd. Yeah. That I just listened and apologized and collected information. Right. So she said you were wearing this and that, and like I said, and I was drunk. Yeah, you could hardly stand up. Yeah, said you were moving furniture around, like basically. If what she was saying is true, it's only true if I sleepwalked, got up, moved everything around, but Ch- back where it your, was, change your change, clothes, <laughs> change and change back, all while getting up at 6 a.m. to go to this other job that I had. <laughs> so I just left it at that, and then uh, she came back. Uh, it was two days later. I didn't see her the next day, but two days later, she came back and she said, what are the people that you have coming around here? Like, all right, let's see where this goes. Because <laughs> it's according, just you. It's just you there. Yeah. <laughs> according to her, I had this guy with an old car, with an old blue car, with long hair that was there to deliver my beer. <laughs> and he came and he knocked on my door. I wasn't there because obviously I'm working two jobs. <laughs> I wasn't there. So he went and he knocked on her door and he said he had my beer that he was to deliver for me. And I wasn't there, and he was like pissed off about it. Said I was, I screwed him over again. And then that, like, and just so you know, I'm an adult. Okay, I'm working two jobs. I'm making actually a lot of money right now. Yeah. I have a car. Yeah. She sees that I have a car. Yeah. Why would you need a guy to get to deliver you? my beer? I'm of age, and yeah. one of my two jobs. Uh, remember when uh, the liquor store was at the Assumption Place in Moncton? Yeah. Yeah. One of my jobs was actually just above that liquor store. Okay, so like, like, like I like there was like zero reasons for me to ever have. Why would I need somebody to deliver beer for me? Like, never in my life did I ever need anybody to deliver beer for me since I'm 19. Yeah, and I was like, I was like 22 at this point, 21 or 22. So it's I, like there was like no reason. At all. Like, it's, it's like, okay. So I just like collected this information and I was seeing like, okay, so s- stuff is going on in her head. Like yeah. she's like, basically like these absurd things. They were so detailed. I'm like, okay, she's not making it up. Like in her head, this thing is happening. So this is when like two days later, she comes back. And again, she says I was moving furniture around at like so wee hours of the morning, blah, blah, blah. And this is when I put my plan into action. I just said, oh, you, you were hearing that too? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Like, and then I started saying like, I just basically implied that I was like hearing stuff and like the ghosts were there. I was just like implying this like this vague stuff. And I just saw the panic in her face. <laughs> like just develop. She's like, oh shit! It wasn't this guy. Oh shit! <laughs> she, she never, she never came again. But this is what she was doing. Now she started going to the people that live on top of me, saying that she was hearing stuff from them. 
Right. And like I, I'm the middle there, and now the people on top of me kept come, kept coming to me. Like she came, she comes to see us because she hears stuff. Like, do you hear? Like, did you hear bangs from us? I'm like, no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> and she was so crazy that she drove away the people that were living in that apartment building because I talked about it to the landlord he's like don't talk to me like just come to me I'm like yeah like, all I did is I I just like told her exactly the stuff that I told you yeah that's all it was but so- I just got I got out of there I mean, I lasted more than all the other uh, tenants that were there like those they will last a month or two I lasted roughly five with her shenanigans though because <laughs> uh, a lot of times I would walk home and I would just like think, I wonder if like she's burning the house right now or like yeah. I actually I actually had insurance on my things. Yeah, you're I didn't like, have a lot of things. What's but the I put story? Insurance, you're like what's the I story? I insurance today? on it because I, I yeah because there's one time that I the police and everything were there because um, she said she came home, the door was open a crack. And she had a jewelry jar in her fridge, and some of her jewelry was gone missing. <laughs> and, and she was only gone 20 minutes, and somebody saw her leave and broke in and went specifically in her fridge and specifically stole that jewelry. Yeah. And, like, obviously she was making it up. Man. It was, but like it, it was just like that stuff. Like, is she burning the house down? Like every time it was gone, it was like paranoid. She burning the house down. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that the cops were called because stuff was missing. Uh, sometimes like firemen were there. Sometimes the ambulance. Like it was always, there was always something with her. And this one time, I came home uh, from work. It was like midnight. I was working only one job by this point. I had. When I came home at midnight, and I just took the acoustic guitar, yeah, and I just started like playing with my fingers, not even with the pick, like really softly with my fingers. She started banging the broom on the ceiling. Oh yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you don't. She doesn't. She didn't even work. She was on welfare. Like you don't even have anything to get up for tomorrow. Like I go out there, I bust my ass all day, and I can't have this moment of like playing softly acoustic guitar. Without it bothering you, you <laughs> has nothing to get up for in the morning. Well, man, like really, you can't give me this one little moment. So that's when I decided I'm like, that's it, and that's when I uh, bought my first house. Holy because shit! Because of her, man. Yeah. So that was probably like your one of your like worst places to live, and oh yeah, so oh, yeah. You, you, Absolutely. Would, you would you were on a you were on a train of thought earlier, and you were asking me about like my gypsy lifestyle, and you were kind of getting somewhere with it and you asked what was my like one of my favorite places and one of my worst places um favorite eh, they're all whatever but worse was prob- uh, worse was I, the I one I, I didn't know where i was going with this it just happened to go there okay <laughs> I, I i didn't ha- i didn't have this bad story in the back of my mind like i was just thinking yeah most places like i've owned three houses yeah i've owned two actually and i'm renting this one right now but i'm actually thinking of buying it and um yeah, like I like just because like I've been like stable like most of my life, and I if, if I didn't like a place that I lived in, like I moved in, I moved out pretty. But that was like me being young, like going through that thing, like being young. Yeah. Well, man, right? I I like, really so, want to hang on. I really want to continue this, but can I just pause for a quick minute? Yeah. Uh, I have to run and sit down to pee real quick. 
Okay. All right. Okay. So, um, yeah, man, it's already been like two hours and 14 minutes of this show. So, uh, I am going to have to walk my dog soon, but I want to like finish talking about like what we're talking about here. So, uh, horrific places to live. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Being, uh, yeah, but this, the, the duality of, you know, the, the stable person and then like the nomadic person who likes to move around and it's like a new cool thing. The van life, you know, work, working remotely is becoming like this huge thing. And I'm like, is it really, or is this something that's being instilled in our minds right now to groom us, to become accustomed because of the housing markets? Because housing is just, there's shortage of housing and there's like, uh, I think, I think that people can't afford it anymore. So, but there's I, a, I think that gypsy lifestyle existed a lot in big cities and not in small towns. Yeah. Because uh, in small towns, we were more like growing up. Uh, we were told like, oh, you need to uh, graduate school and get a job and it's going to and get a job, get a good job, a job that pays. And you hold on to that job as long as you can. Mm. As soon as you get a girlfriend, you got a place. Uh, you got a Hold on to that person, get married, get a place, and get kids, and then rinse, repeat until you retire. Then when you retire, then you can travel. And mm. that's that, that was that small town mentality, whereas mm. in the city, they already figured out, oh, like if I have a lot of money, if I, if I have a job and I have a stable place, it's going to actually like cost me like money and I can't do stuff. So, but if I want to do stuff, I need to like not own anything. Yeah, yeah. I think they had that figured out in the cities because usually, like, that whole living in a van lifestyle, that hippie lifestyle, that that's always that's always been. It it's has, always, but like, man, it's, it's always existed. It's really blowing up these days. Like, so many people are converting vans to be able to live in them to become minimalists, and I'm like, but but are they really, or is this just something? Is this a new story? Are we being groomed in a way? To make it acceptable, extra acceptable to live that way because they know that the population is exploding. Uh, housing is so expensive. No one can afford it. Uh, people yeah, aren't making, people same- aren't even making as much money to be able to, to be able to get into stuff like that. People's credits are being ruined from the time, you know, you're 16 years old. They're mailing you credit cards. You're ruining, you're ruining your credit history right away. There's so many obstacles that have been put in the way. So maybe like, I don't know if there's just some kind of like secret powers that be who are like, yeah, let's really push this van life thing. Let's push uh, remote working. Let's not have to even have a, uh, let's have a corporation that doesn't even have a home base. There's not even a place where you show up to work. Everybody just works from home or works remotely on their van through like yeah. internet cafes and shit like that. It's, it really depends because also you, you can look at it on both ends. Yeah, there's like a, that boom of that. But there's also that boom whereas like um, there's more houses that are being built than ever. So it's mm. I think it all has to do with like population growth. So you have like more – with more population, you have more people building houses. But you also have more people uh, modifying vans. Yeah, yeah. So I think, so I think it works like kind of both ways. Whereas it's just like, yeah, there is more. Yeah, because let's say there's like 12% of them are like vanners, right? Well, 12% 12 in 
let's say between like 300,000 people, it, it's not as much as 12% of like a million people. Right. So you'll, you'll notice, oh yeah, there's more. You're, you are correct. Yeah. There's a lot more, but there's also a lot more of the other side as well. Right. So yeah. I, man, population is like a thing that like, I don't know why, but like my whole life, people have been asking me, oh, you're from, you're from Moncton. What's the population of Moncton? I don't fucking know. And I've been asked so many times about the population oh, of so many places that yeah. I had to start learning population. So I'd have an answer for people. And so I kind of got a little interested in this and there's like, it's cool. I love that Canada doesn't have uh, we don't have to be stacked on top of each other. I love that. But at the same time, so living down in LA, the thing that I noticed is that there's so like, so California is the population of Canada squeezed into one, yeah. one state. Oh, so yeah. the, the coolest thing I noticed right away, I was like, anything you want to do, you can do it. If you want to, if you want to like shit in a can and sell it, oh, I sell shit in a can. I make it myself. I seal it myself. I got a little cannery going in my kitchen. You can do that and you can sell it. And there's going to be, because there's so many people that there's going to be even 1% of that many people is enough to sustain your life. You could live uh, a comfortable uh, lifestyle uh, selling shit in a can for your entire life. And no one will ever say more, anything if, about it. Even one out of a thousand, you can. Yeah. Like, because it's such a, in a small place. Like you say, oh, a lot of people are into this. Yeah, it's actually like one... Uh, one thousandth of the population, but like one one thousand of uh, thirty five thousand people, uh, thirty three hundred fifty thousand people, or some, whatever it is, like mm -hmm. uh, uh, or million, what thirty five million, I think. Yeah. So yeah, yeah thirty five million. So many. Because, uh, but like something that amazes me, it's like, uh, like I went to Edmonton, okay. Yeah. Uh, for a show, and it was uh, the population there is roughly one million. Right. But I'm like, okay, well, this is out west. So, like, people started living east first, and then they filled out west afterwards. Now, the the concept of living out west is only roughly 100 years old. Right. Now, and Edmonton, the fascinating thing about it, like, if you look at New Brunswick, New Brunswick, the, the entire province today is roughly 750,000. <laughs> Edmonton is roughly a million. Right. Now... About uh, 120 years ago, uh, a little more than 100, look, 125 years ago, Edmonton was about the population of my hometown, St. Marie. Right. It was about five, five, 600 people. Uh, 125 <laughs> years ago. 100 years ago, it was the size of Buktosh. Yeah. That's 100 years ago. That's about like the oldest people, the oldest person in Edmonton right now that's grew up in Edmonton, their oldest person remembers when it was about the size of Buktosh. But that's as if in the next hundred years, everybody in New Brunswick and Halifax moves to Buktosh. Right. Everybody. Just to like one, every, one spot, one little town yeah. explodes. Have, have all of Halifax and the rest of New Brunswick move to Buktosh. That's Edmonton. Yeah. Like right there, like mind blowing. Like to have them all move in this one condensed area. 
Man, and the interesting thing about Edmonton is that it is a city that was designed with intent and with purpose. And that's why it's a grid. It's a perfect grid. And yeah. so streets, uh, there's Calgary's like well. first street up it's, to like the hundredth level and then above the hundredth level yeah. of streets. That's kind of like more of the, lo- they call it the low lower income kind of uh, Play, well, low, they, lower they rentals have, places like it's all divided well, in a weird way and it's a well, perfect because grid. you have the streets going like east west uh, no, uh like uh, basically east west and north south yeah so you can say so like you get north south will go from north to south exactly like it says and you'll have like yeah. number one two number uh 125 yeah and then uh, and then east west will have number one coming to like number 125 so if you say you're on the corner of uh 3rd street east and 125th uh west i can in my head know exactly where you are yeah and exactly how to get there without even having ever driven in that city yeah i mean i only lived there for a little over a month and it took just that time to figure it out. So when someone was like, oh, I'm on this blah, blah, something south, I'd be like, uh, I'm not going to be able to make it there in time. Uh, or if someone was like, oh, I'm such and such uh, West End or whatever it was, I'd be like, uh, I, yeah, I can get there in about five minutes. And, and I knew, you know, learned the bus systems, figured it all out. But if, man, at first, yes. holy shit, it was weird. It was so different and foreign of a way to, to lay out a city. And I kept thinking like, like, man, they started this on purpose back in the day, like way back when cities were being built, they said, Hey, let's not, let's not do the street name. Let's not have squiggly roads that go anywhere. Just all willy. It's an actual grid. It's an an actual actual grid grid that is superimposed. Because a lot of of these cities in the East, they started around 1600. Uh, yeah, and they were like made with, with like during the first settlers. Yeah, they like started yeah. around here. They didn't have that kind of a brain to sit and yeah. plot out some city development, and a lot of it uh, in the east came from logging. So you were just making a random logging road because that's where the logs were. That's where the big trees were, you know. And that became oh, so that was Jenkins' property. So that's old. We'll call it Jenkins Lane. And until this day, it's still called Jenkins Lane. You know, it's like, why is it called Jenkins Lane? Well, old Jenkins owned the property and they had to go and get the logs out and they would come in and get the logs. Well, then later on, they decided to put a highway through. So now we had to put an overpass and a, and a thing over so they can get across the highway. And it, it yeah, it grew differently. It didn't grow because it grew with uh, agriculture. Basically, it grew with resources, resource-based Just like- roads. Yeah. D- a city that grew like too big, like it too quick, yeah. is Los Angeles. Because yeah. in the eighteen seventies, it was roughly five thousand. In eighteen eighty, eleven thousand. So it was about the size of Booktush in eighteen eighty. And twenty years later, already a hundred and two. So it was the size of it went from the size of Booktush to Moncton within twenty years. Yeah, twenty years. And that's not man. That is such a that, short time for a population explosion to happen. There's no, yeah. there's no time for infrastructure when it booms like that. And like today, it's at like the, it's in the three, four million or so. Yeah. It's just and it went to it hit a million in 1930-ish. Yeah. So it's basically as if everyone would move from. Uh, 
like everyone in Halifax and New Brunswick would move to Boktosh in the period of 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> like that's... Yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of like... In the period of 50 years, like that's just, that's too much. Or imagine all of Moncton just picks up and moves to Shediac within like five years. It's kind of like that too. Just everyone yeah. gets up, moves over. Bam. Guess what? We're yeah. here. Whoa. Like, what would you do with that? That's like a hundred thousand people just dropping on you. Um, shit, man. I'm going to have to, as much as I don't want to, <laughs> I'm going to have to end this show. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, man, it's been going long. Fuck, dude. But. I just want to say, man, you saved the day today. I had a cancellation, such a last-minute thing, and you've been my rock throughout this whole uh, oh, season. Oh, man, I had, a lot, I had a lot of fun, each oh. and every one of them. I had a lot of fun. I, uh, thank, thank you for saying that. It's, it means a lot. Yeah. It means a lot. Um, yeah, so this is like, uh, this is the end, man. Everyone who's listening, they made it to the end. There's a finite cap on this, what I'm calling season one of Beyond the Mat. So I got some ideas for a season two, and that'll be happening, I don't know, next year, I guess, sometime. But uh, for now, shit, there's like six months of podcasts that have been recorded that are waiting in the bank right now to get released. And this will be the last and final one to come out. Right, and it, if anybody's listened to all the episodes I've been on, thank you very much for listening to my shenanigans. Hey. hey. <laughs> <whole time>. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, like three? Three or four? Three, man. Three. This is the third one. Uh, yeah. My reoccurring guest, my favorite reoccurring guest. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Well, it's been an honor. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, really, yeah. It's, it's just been, it's been super easy super easy super fun oh yeah yo i didn't even so, have like normally i have like a list of topics and there's a reason why we're talking and this is like hey, great. i didn't i didn't have a list today no shit no man but I, I mean like some guests are like you know they're here for a reason they're promoting their business or, or their book or, or whatever the, the thing that they do in life they're promoting something about themselves so like yeah i kind of keep it on track there's a theme involved a little bit uh, dealing with yoga and meditation and all that. And uh, yeah, this is great because it's just been like total freestyle conversation. We just kind of like, it's like throwing, you know, those rubber balls, those super bouncy rubber yeah. balls when you're a kid. And you, yeah, just throw, throw it a ball back. Oh, throw just, it a ball back. Well, That's throw right. it in the room and it bounces off every wall and corner and ceiling and it just keeps going. Do, 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 do. That's us, yeah. man. That's us. We've been, <laughs> we've been all across the board. Holy shit. I've been trying to keep notes here on, on a notepad and I don't know <laughs> from planned obsolescence to living in shitty places. Like, wow. Yeah. It, it starts with how Skype basically <laughs> like people try to keep their desk jobs open down to like, what's the shittiest place you lived in? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like from one end to the other and it all segues somehow oh my god like it you'd think that like you would think that we're professionals or something uh, we're just like it's just <laughs> minds it's just we know how to feed each other i guess that's pretty much all it is yeah yeah <laughs> well man thank you again so much 
It's been a blast oh, to thank, everyone out thank there. You so much. Hey, you're welcome. To everyone else out there, uh, this is the last guest interview. I'm doing a J. Cole solo cast just to end it off the same way it came back in. So stay tuned for that in about a week. It'll be released from today. And that's it, y'all. Goodbye. Okay, so that was it, my friends. This is the end. But fear not, it's not over. There is a final farewell episode. And it's just me doing a last J. Cole solo cast. I'm taking this thing out the same way it came in with just me all by myself. If anyone's interested in hearing that, it will be out next week. You can look forward to that for sure. And yeah, that's it for now. I had to take a break after that chat with Marty, man. I had to walk the dog, go to the park, enjoy the outdoors away from the screens and the electronics, the hum, the buzz of it all. So that was nice. I had to let the show marinate and then come back and write and record these intros and outros. And so now it's done and whew, I think I need a nap. So yeah, maybe I'll put on a boring movie that I can fall asleep to. Yeah, that sounds like a plan, Stan. So my Beyonders, until next week, peace, love and light, namaste, and all that other good noise. <laughs>